watching it like for the first time last night, I was like, ugh, please don't put Mary and Frank together because I was like, uh, she didn't like him. Like, it's not an enemies to lovers that I'm interested in. And then I remembered the God Dude. among women, bro. Dude, I Woo! had the same thought. Yeah. I was so afraid. I'm like, oh, they're not going to hook them up either. And then I was like, <gasps> hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 25-year-old actor and artist. I like rooting anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And our fun fact for this episode is if you could recreate a scene from Riverdale um, in the auteur style, what scene would you recreate? And um, as a surprise to no one uh, who has stuck around with us for a while, um, I'm going to choose the leave him at home scene, um, which truly changed my life. Thank you. What? That's a really good answer, by the way. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 31-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And see, I had an answer for this and then, oh, you know what one I kind of love unironically? When Hiram says, I'm not a 16-year-old nerd. Mm. Mm. I kind of love that scene, to be honest. It's a yeah. good one. I picked that one. Good. My name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 28-year-old marketing coordinator and television critic. I am a senior writer and a social media specialist at Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's, where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. Uh, if I were to recreate a scene, I am equally as predictable as Robin, and I would do the I Had Your Baby scene, because oh. it is hands down the best scene. That so the show has sweet. ever produced. Uh, honorable mention, though, to um, Tony rescuing Cheryl from Conversion Camp. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great scene. It's yeah. So much action. Mm-hmm. Today we have words to say about episode 502 of Riverdale, The Preppy Murders. So The Preppy Murders, for the title, um, it's about Robert Chambers, who was an American criminal and convicted killer. He was called the Preppy Killer by the media after the 1986 Central Park strangulation death of 18-year-old Jennifer Levin. He was originally charged with second-degree murder, and he claimed the death was accidental and the result of rough sex. Ew. Jesus. In, in Central Park? Okay. Uh, and, I don't think so, Mama. And later pleaded guilty to manslaughter. Um, there's a TV movie called The Preppy Murder um, about this case, and it's also brought up in American Psycho, which connects it to Brett. For some reason, in no way did I expect the preppy murders to be them murdering the preppies. I have, I don't know why that like, didn't cross my mind. Looking back, that was extremely dumb of all of us. Yeah, we just it's, walked I just right past it because, like, I didn't want to believe who it. Who would have thought? I didn't want it to believe it to be true. So true. I respect you. I re-listened to our 501 podcast today, mm-hmm. um, and I just wanted to make a complaint to myself. Oh, okay. Sure. Go ahead. Slash a correction. Okay. I was listening to it and I realized that I said that heavyweight heartbreaker, which is um, K.O. Kelly's boxing name, Mm -hmm. was four syllables. It's six syllables. Thank you. I was listening to it and I was like, cool. Thanks. I'm sorry that happened to you. That's okay. Also for last episode, our friend Dave, who we've been mentioning a bunch, he sent in a couple of, of thoughts about this episode, and I've, like, mm-hmm. s- snuck them into, like, my actual notes for the podcast, so we'll talk about it when it comes. Um, but he was talking about um, when Betty was recognized for being in Ponytail Playmate. Yeah. 
what if he wasn't recognizing them as the cast of Ponytail Playmate, but what if he thought that they were cosplaying as Ponytail Playmate? <laughs> that one... Dave! And I thought that was really funny. I hate that that could be entirely realistic with this show. Yeah. He broke me. That I, I won't recover. Before we get into uh, this episode, um, let's toot or boot it. Okay. Do you want me to go first? Sure. I'm going to give it like a new... I didn't really like it that much, but I didn't hate it. I know that everyone else maybe has a different opinion, so. No, I was also going to say Newt. I, uh, I'll take my FP and Alice breadcrumb of, like, two single shots mm-hmm. where they're in the same frame. And, uh, I think everyone but the main storyline was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. But the main storyline was, like, disappointing. Somehow both predictable and worse and just didn't make any sense at all something that me and me and sam were talking about this morning while i was doing my notes is that it's like like the metaphor that i kind of brought up for Mm -hmm. it is if it's coming up to christmas and you've asked your mom to buy you an xbox because and because you asked her for that and she said she would buy it for you you go out and you buy seven xbox games so that you have the games once you have the xbox yeah Mm -hmm. Then she sends your dad out to Best Buy to get you your Xbox, and he comes back with a PS4. Is it still a gaming console and expensive? Yes. Yes, Thank you. But it doesn't work with any of the things that I now have. Yeah. It's not compatible to any of the things that I've that I've given myself. You've unfortunately wasted your money. Yeah. It doesn't make sense with my fantasy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um... We'll talk about it when we get into the into the podcast. I was a little uh, confused because um, for the first two seasons of this show, they've done like the big episode is the the episode it's the penultimate episode, and then the season finale is kind of like a denouement to that storyline slash like a bring up of what the next storyline is going to be. Yeah. In the next season, in season three, they nixed that, and the final episode was the big episode. Obviously, season four didn't (laughs) end the way we wanted it to and this is the end of season four this was going to be the penultimate episode of season four so i didn't expect them to go back to their old format of like making this the big answers episode Mm -hmm. so i like straight up wasn't prepared for any (laughs) any of this i thought it was just gonna be another filler episode because i thought it was gonna be next week was the big stuff um but my thing is that um a lot of the answers that we were given feel so sloppy and like we'll talk about it when we get into it because I have like specific notes on it but like the person who ended up becoming like the big bad that they're telling us who it is they only started being a bad person this episode really yeah mm-hmm. literally this episode it doesn't like the the jelly bean stuff is great because I've you know obviously we've had enough information to go with a theory on that but the other big bad of the episode slash season makes no sense and was really upsetting to me and although I think that a lot of the episode was good um the terrible bad feelings that I got from it I think I I think I cried for like an hour or an hour and a half after yes you definitely Mm -hmm. yeah it was more like an hour and a half because it was only after we started playing Mario Kart that you stopped crying. Yeah. Therefore, I have to give it a boot. It made me so sad. I was so sad. <laughs> You're valid. It took you by surprise. Yeah. I just didn't, I didn't expect a, the reveal to happen this episode. Um, and it's not who we wanted it to and be. And it's not who we wanted it to be. And uh, that's disappointing. Uh, so I'm going to boot it because um, it made me feel sad. But, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that it was, like, a bad episode, really. Um, like, I booted the Carrie the Musical episode <laughs> in season two 
Um, I think that's the best of the musical episodes so far. I think it's the best, like, story-wise. You booted Carrie the musical? I booted it because I, because it made me really upset. Because of the Midge thing? The Midge thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, just, like, it, I almost, I don't want to say that I got, like, a panic attack, but I really, like, I was really, really, like, rattled by the fact that, like, someone would, like, ruin the, like, sanctity and, like, the safe oh, space. Right. Oh, that's fair. The, the safe theater. space of the theater. Yeah. And, like, having been, like, backstage so many, like, it just made me really uncomfortable. That's, that's why I straight up booted it, because it made me really upset. So, I'm not saying that it's a bad episode. Ultimately, the Carrie Musical episode is a great episode. And yeah. especially, like, looking back on it, I think it's an awesome episode. One of mm-hmm. their best, in my opinion. Agreed. Um, but I was so upset that I'm booting it, and I... Uh, that I booted it, and I'm also booting this episode. Thank you. Respect. Honestly, I, I get it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So, let's get started. Um, <laughs> We split this into four storylines. Cheryl, Archie, Veronica, and then Bughead, slash, like, the main mystery. Yes. yes. Um, So, we are going to start with Cheryl, and I think Sam did the uh, summary for the Cheryl storyline. Cheryl is having a no-good, very bad day, so she yells at Mrs. Bell for ordering her a blue graduation gown like everyone else's, and demands that she get the red one that she asked for in the first place uh, before graduation or else. Tony meets Cheryl at her locker and apologizes for not going home with her after prom, and Cheryl is very understanding and sympathetic. She says that she would never want to make Tony choose between her her and her family. Besides, Cheryl has work to do on her own family. Cheryl then hosts a Zoom call with the Blossom Family Board of Trustees to figure out the future of the Empire. She has grand ideas for reopening the maple syrup factory and also giving land back to the Utana people uh, as reparations for having stolen it in the first place, which is something that might endear her to Tony's family. But Aunt Cricket says absolutely not because, uh, first of all, she enjoys being racist, and second of all, why would she want to help someone who killed her husband? In that order. <laughs> Listen, that second one I can't be that mad about. <laughs> the second one makes sense. The first one, not I'm not upset. Sense. You're dead, lady. And um, the, the fact that she put them in that order. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Cheryl tells her mom about wanting to redeem their family name, but uh, that the board has shut her down. Penelope gets crazy eyes and tells Cheryl to go on a vacation with Tony because she's going to need an alibi. God, I missed that psychopath. When Cheryl and Tony return from their weekend getaway, Cheryl friends Nana Rose in full funeral attire, and Nana tells her that the entire Blossom <laughs> board has sailed into the underworld. Uh, they've poisoned themselves in a mass suicide, saying that they wanted to atone for their sins. Uh, Penelope is like, happy graduation, sweetie! Uh, now she can do whatever she wants with the Blossom Empire. Nice. Nice. I mean, I can't be upset about it. Yeah. So, Cheryl feels like a lot of things are piling on her, you know, because her prom was a bust. I was like, was it? Because you were crowned queen. Like, (laughs) it was really just that one little blip, but sure. I think emotionally it probably took a toll for her. Yeah. Sure. In other news, who, who hijacked prom? Now that we know who's been doing the videos, oh my well, god! I guess it's the I don't same know. person that I, that got someone to figure it out. Yeah, okay. like because she was probably at Blue Velvet mm-hmm. doing the reenactment. If you haven't seen the episode and you're watching or like just listening to the podcast or whatever, I'm I'm not gonna spoil who like the apparent like huge big bad is, even though they're really not that bad until this episode. Um, but I will say that our um. Theory was right. Dave's theory, really. Wait, are we not going to talk about it at all? What do you mean? Yeah, we're going to talk about it in the, like, later story. Oh, I see. Okay, I I just don't want, I don't want to spoil it for the people who haven't, who are waiting with bated breath. Yeah, Yeah. but I will tell you, because it is important to other other storylines, that, um, the Jellybean theory was right. Jellybean and her friends are the ones who are making the videos. Dave. 
Dave is an yeah, icon. I can't believe he clocked that like six or ago. seven episodes yeah. ago, mm-hmm. like in the course of time. Mm-hmm. Like he binge watched it all and then was like, "Hey, I think it's Jelly Bean," and we were like, like "What?" <laughs> and then we get here and it was like they were like, "Hey, it's Jelly Bean," and we were like, "Okay, oh." oh. <laughs> So good job, Dave. Yeah. Uh, he really he really did that. Yeah. Also, um, David from the Blue Velvet was in on it, and um, I was wondering if maybe he was the one in the owl mask at the rave mm-hmm. last episode, because oh. it was clearly like a, a man. man, like an adult man. So I think it might have been him since he's like the one in the owl mask like later. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Okay. Um, anyway, Cheryl's like, ugh, so many things are piling on me. Prom was a bust. And also Highsmith, which is the college that she's going to, disbanded the cheerleading squad. Oh, no. Oh, I'm so sorry. So she said that she ordered red, even though everyone else is wearing blue. And she basically said, Miss Bell, fix it or die. <laughs> I um, I can't argue with that. Fix it or die. <laughs> so Tony comes up to her at her locker and apologizes for not going home with her after the prom. And Cheryl is very understanding here, but like secretly really sad. We saw that at the end of last episode. She talks about how they have Blossom family business and she has a Blossom family Zoom meeting, which is really, uh, which is code for timely. Um, we couldn't um, bring any of these actors in for the scenes. Mm-hmm. And only two of them talk. The other like. The other ones are just. I'm here just he- sitting there. Here to look pretty yeah. pretty in a red wig. Yeah, yeah, do like, you I'm see me? Here. I'm ginger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I wrote. A bunch of random, random blossoms and then Cricket and Foster. His name isn't actually Foster, but I call him Foster because his actual name makes me uncomfortable. We respect you. I talked about it the first time that he shows up. I don't really want to talk about it again, but basically, like, the way that some people feel about Moist is how I feel about his actual name, except worse. Just look up his actual name and go about your merry way. Yeah, we're gonna call him Foster. Thanks. I'm like, are y'all really even willing to be here on this Zoom call after she murdered Bedford? Like, why are you even hearing her out? Exactly! (laughs) So Cheryl says that Governor Dooley will buy a bit of land to be a sanctuary for the Uctana, and she wants to use that money to reopen the Blossom Maple Syrup Factory and just, like, make everything better and Cheryl would run it. Um, and they basically say that they don't want to reopen it or give the Uctana nice things. And Cheryl, that's what that's what Cricket says. And then Cheryl mutes Cricket and, can you mute just one person? Oh, yeah. Yes. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. My next question was, first of all, she's just saying, like, terrible things on mute, and you can tell it's just very racist and bad. But, like, does it mute Cricket for everyone or just Cheryl? For everyone. Oh, okay, great. Well, that makes more sense, because I was like, can Foster hear her while he's talking? (laughs) I mean, he probably can, because they probably live together. Yeah. But... (laughs) (laughs) So, they're like, okay, well, you can't do it without us. So, um, take this as revenge for Bedford, basically. Cheryl goes and asks Penelope to help with their family's redemption. So I'm like, let's go ask a, psych- a psychopath to help us. Oh, uh, yes. Totally. And then be surprised what the psychopath does, as psychopaths do. Right. She literally- you're that psychopath. She literally said, go out of town, you need an alibi. I know. To <laughs> her face. <laughs> and then and Cheryl's like, Cheryl what? comes back, she's like, oh my god, what did you do? <laughs> Why is Penelope on Cheryl's side now? I feel like they were at odds for, like, a while. Oh, they definitely were, but the thing is, she's not... Like, Penelope is a blossom by marriage. Yeah. And these people probably have been terrible to her also. Mm -hmm. So she's just gonna jump at the opportunity to do a murder because, like, she hasn't gotten to in a while. She wants to stretch her legs, you know? I love that Cheryl just lets her mom live in the, like... (laughs) Insides of the house. Insides of the house and she just doesn't care. Between the walls. Deeply weird. Yeah, but basically Penelope's like, hmm, yes, I'm not actually a Blossom, so I don't feel bad, bad about murdering them all. 
Terrible about murdering them all. And she's like, okay, go get an alibi. And Cheryl's like, okay. And I guess Penelope won't be caught for it because no one knows that she's at Thistle House. Like, she's there secretly, right? Oh my god, that's right. They'd never expect the Gargoyle King to be back. Well, the government does not, the government does not know. (laughs) Well, everyone still (laughs) thinks she's on the run after season three, I think, right? Like, no one really knows what she's doing. No one knows but her and Nana Rose. Yeah, I don't think even Tony knows that Penelope's here. I'm sure Tony knows. Tony might know. Might know, okay. So, she basically stages a suicide for all of the, um, like a poisoned suicide for all of the the Blossoms, and this makes sense, If even if they hadn't, like, told us specifically that it was Penelope, the scene before basically tells us it's Penelope, um, but also, she also staged a suicide for Daryl Doily as well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I don't think that was poison, I think that was, um, like, carbon monoxide poisoning, I, well, oh, no, right. he, Wasn't it? she faked that it was carbon monoxide poisoning, but she but actually there were traces of the poison that she had gotcha. in her garden in his, like, lungs. Gotcha, and I think she tried to do the same thing to Nana Rose, so it's like, that's kind of mm-hmm. her MO. Cheryl says to Tony that they should take a vacation, but then we straight up just don't see their vacation. Um, and I'm like, is that why Cheryl was wearing that weird, like, hat later? Like, like did they go to go? Russia? I'm like, where did you go? Oh, well, they probably went to a ski resort. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. maybe. Lodge, um, lodge. I think... Sam, you brought up when I was doing my notes, like, have they considered, like, studying for any finals they may have? Yeah, they were like, let's go on a weekend getaway. And I'm like, it's two weeks before graduation. Do you not have finals? Like, I feel like they'd be like, well, we're already in college, so I guess it doesn't matter. And I'm like, well, I think college still kind of a hedge. Like, college is assuming that you. (laughs) That you're (laughs) going to pass your finals. (laughs) If I was Tony in this moment, I'd be like, hmm, is this because you love me and you want to hang out or because you need to be away while murder happens? (laughs) <laughs> but honestly, if I if I had the option to study with my girlfriend in Fiji or a ski lodge mm-hmm. instead of in our home, I would do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she gets home and Nana Rose is in like funeral garb and I <laughs> and, and and Nana Rose is like everyone's dead, so now it's just us and we're the only blossoms. She's not even sad. Like uh, Nana, Nana, Nana Rose, Rose is also crazy. Like a, so. a blossom requirement is to be a psychopath. Yeah, so she talks about how they poison themselves and the suicide note in Cricket's pocket. This is very cult-like. Basically, Penelope's trying to make them look like a cult, and mm. they killed themselves to atone for ancient blossom sins, when in reality, none of them give a crap about ancient blossom sins. <laughs> and then she's like, oh my god, mom, was that you? And, and Penelope says that it was an early graduation gift. Hey, I killed people for you. Happy birthday. <laughs> so congrats to Cheryl because she now has full control of the business. And I have to say, if she hadn't like had an alibi or whatever, she would look really suspicious. Mm-hmm. Because yep. like good thing you were in on vacation. Like, like clearly the sheriff, whomever it may be. Yeah, we don't know who um, the sheriff is anymore. Yeah. Whoever it may be doesn't, Tom Keller. <laughs> doesn't care about what happens or anything. But I feel like if they were competent, they would be like hmm, this seems suspicious, okay, and then finding out that Cheryl now has full control of a business that they didn't want her to have business control of, I'd be like, hmm, seems like that's a motive. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. But whatever. That's it. That's the, the Cheryl storyline. It's kind of small, but iconic, truly. It's it's small, but it's like, I feel like it's setting up future Cheryl, mm-hmm. which is that she is going to do what she wanted to do. So like when we meet her again, she'll be a CEO. Right. Okay. The next one that we're doing is the Archie storyline. Oh, that's also me. Archie is also having a no good, very bad day. Mm-hmm. So he's up at 1 a.m. punching the hell out of his punching bag and waking up his mom because like he's not being quiet at all. He tells her that it's just because he's still wired from prom and, like, blows her off to go run a mile or something. He ends up at his father's grave at trying to make sense of why the auteur has decided to target him with the latest video. Uh, Fred was a beacon in Riverdale and compounded with everything else happening to Archie this week. This video is really, like, messing him up. Uh, at school, Veronica wants him to play Happy Families, but he's not here for it. Betty's like, hey, are you okay, bud? And he's like, haven't you heard? Everything is awful. My life sucks. Uh, later Hiram confronts Archie at the community center and tries to choke him out in front of, like, random (laughs) children and Tom Keller. Uh, Hiram tells him that it's so not cool that he cheated on Veronica with her best friend. Um, but, like, hey, like, father like son, right? Yikes. Uh, pour one out for the Fermione stands, honestly. Tom steps in to stop the fight, proving for the 900th time that he's the best of the hot dads of Riverdale. Archie tells- FP is right there. FP's a criminal. He's not protecting Archie. All right, fair enough. Yeah. FP is second best. For sure. For sure. Okay, 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 yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. And then last is Fred? Yeah. No, Fred's dead. Hiram. Last is Dyro. Hiram. Because he's well, hot. He's yeah, but annoying. he's not part of the hot dad squad. So, yeah. But, okay. But oh, last is Fred only because he's dearly departed, I suppose. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. This was a really important distinction to make <laughs> in the middle of your summary. <laughs> I, I thought it was. We are all <laughs> deeply stupid. <laughs> Tom steps in and stops the fight, and Archie tells Hiram to, like, get the hell out of his gym. Mary talks to Archie about helping the people who killed his father because the guy is up for trial now, and it would really, like, help his sentence if Archie and Mary testify that they've forgiven him. Uh, It's a big ask, but he says he'll think about it. Archie struggles with writing a letter to the judge, thinking about how the man who confessed to hitting his dad was really covering for his son. Later at the gym, the dad shows up and tells him that his son has actually confessed to the crime, And he's just, like, kind of wondering if instead Archie could write his letter on his son's behalf. Again, it's a big ask. The man says his son is scared and Archie's like, gee, how do you think my dad felt when your son killed him? When Archie gets home, he finds Mary watching the video that the auteur left mocking him and the black hood. Mary is sobbing, uh, having learned about what actually happened that day in Pops and what the black hood did to Archie and Fred. She tells him that she called Uncle Frank after their visit from George, guy who was on trial, uh, And I'm still not sure what one thing has to do with the other, but Mm -hmm. Archie's not happy about it. She asks him to talk to her, and he's like, no, and he decides to take his feelings out on the videotape and their vintage TV set. Rest in peace. Maybe Brooke will buy her a new one. He continues punching upstairs on his punching bag until Uncle Frank shows up and is like, hey, pick on someone your own size, and Archie asks Archie to hit him instead. Um, (laughs) He's like... I'm just here punching my punching bag. And he's like, make me your punching bag. (laughs) He knows that Archie needs the catharsis of letting out all of the pent-up anger and frustration he still feels over his dad's death. He punches Frank until the emotions take him down and he cries in his arms. Later, Frank tells him that healing from grief like that will take years and it's okay that it takes a long time. There's nothing wrong with Archie. Also, the real reason he came back is to turn himself in for his crimes. Okay? Uh, by the way, y'all know any good lawyers? Wink, wink. It's Mary. Anyway, the next day, Archie gives his mom the letter for the judge, and we hear it in a voiceover as she reads it, and Archie and Frank go to visit Fred's grave. Archie talks about how losing his father was the most difficult thing that ever happened to him, but since he's tried to honor his life, uh, since losing him, and Fred would have wanted him 
to forgive the boy who hit him. So that's exactly what Archie does. Yeah. The end. Oh, Archie. Oh, Archiekins. I don't know how I feel about Archie's story. It feels like I've liked Archie for a really long time Mm -hmm. now. But I think it was just at the beginning of season four that we started liking Archie, right? Yeah, yeah. we did not like Archie Like, before. it's really only been, like, a year, maybe, like, a year and a quarter that we've actually mm-hmm, liked Archie, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy. So, Archie be punching in the middle of the night, and uh, Mary's like, um, I'm trying to sleep. And Archie's like, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to wake you. Huh? You're, what do you mean? You're hitting it very loudly. Like, go outside. But okay. Touch some grass. So he runs to Fred's grave because he's like, guess I'll stop bugging you, mom. Um, And he talks about how the town still finds ways to insult Fred's memory. And I think he's talking about the tape there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really upsetting because that means Jellybean is the reason for, like, Archie's actual meltdown. Yeah. And, like, like Jughead says later, I don't think she understands, like, the darkness of what she's done or whatever. Um, And it's like, but how do you not? Like, how do you not consider how it makes, how it would make other people feel to, like, see that stuff? Like, I I don't get get it. Like, I get the, like, wanting to give Jughead a mystery. Mm -hmm. But when you start targeting people like that, like Archie, like, that was... And Cheryl. And Cheryl. And, like, targeting them specifically to, like, make them go crazy, that's really freaking weird. Like, sending the Midge tape to Midge's mom? Yeah. What? What were you gonna say, Brittany? I... I think that there is a certain emotional detachment in teenagers. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, especially preteens, because they're not emotionally developed, and they don't quite understand consequences yet. So when they said that she didn't really know what she was doing, I actually bought that, because I think teenagers are so inherently selfish. And I don't mean this as, like, all teenagers, but I think, like, it's pretty common that they're so inherently selfish and self-centered like, not even maliciously, but just sort of out of habit that they don't realize that what they're doing is hurting people. Mm-hmm. So, like, Jellybean might have just been having fun. Yeah. Sure. I agree. I mean, she's like, a she, kid. She definitely has no idea mm-hmm. that what she was doing was this psycho, like, psycho. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it's just so, it's so bad. It's just that, like, she says that she had so many of her friends helping And I'm like, not one of you guys were like, hey, this is messed up. And like, apparently one of her straight up accomplices was David from Blue Video. And sir, you're an adult. That's a minor. Like a minor minor. Mm -hmm. Like she's like 14. Yeah. 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 I I still don't really understand how they got into Pops as well. (laughs) Yeah. Like how how they did that. And they were like, hey, Pop, can you turn off the sign so it says die in the back instead of diner? Like that could have been like video editing maybe for these kids. But, but it's on VCRs, you know? Yeah. So Archie goes to school and Veronica kisses him and acts all normal. Um, Archie talks about how he isn't graduating and he doesn't want to walk with them, even if he would be allowed to. And Betty's like, hey, is something wrong? And Archie's like, yeah, everything. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, can't. everything, Betty. I can't blame him. He's having a terrible time. <laughs> and Veronica's like, hey, let's not implode, like, the entire last week of school. Like, let's not ruin Betty and Jughead. Um, but now that the mystery is wrapped up, I think they'll probably be ruining Betty and Jughead next episode. Yep. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. <laughs> and also, uh, man, I can't imagine being like, I, I'm not going to tell Jughead. I don't want Jughead to know. I would, I just don't get it. I would immediately tell Jughead. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. Are, are you thinking from Ronnie's point of view? Yeah, from yeah. Veronica's point of view. Like, you know how much it hurts you and, and the, the thing that I, I think hurts the most 
that I was thinking about um, after we had recorded the podcast. I was like, oh, I wish I would have brought this up. And I'm, I'm glad that I remembered. Um, but the first time that I was broken up with, he was waiting until after we had finished our run of, of the musical that we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then afterwards, like, I couldn't stop thinking about how long he had wanted to break up with me. Mm. And just felt like he couldn't because he didn't want to, like, ruin the musical. Which is basically what Veronica's doing. Right. You know? And I was the... I was okay. the lead in the musical, but, you know? like, as, like, someone who that happened to, did you appreciate that? Like, I guess I... I yeah, you're right. I would have preferred to have gone through the musical without that knowledge. Mm-hmm. It just sucked to, like, then go back and think about, like... I mean, the musical was on for two weeks. Like, I think it's really garbagey that the person who broke up with you told you that they waited. Yeah, yeah. if you're oh, gonna yeah. do that, don't tell just, them. Just break up then after you're, you've yeah. decided to do it. Like, I understand it's a, it's a lie of omission, but sometimes just lie. I think from, like, Veronica's perspective... When he's like, it's been since Hedwig, it's like, how many times have I been, like, kissing you or whatever, and it's actually been, like, half-assed on your part that you actually, like... Because you were thinking of Because you were thinking mm-hmm. of Betty or whatever, and, like, how long in our relationship was I completely in, and you were halfway out the door already. Yeah. I think that's, like... That's fair. I think it's fair. I just... I also think I understand why Veronica doesn't want to tell Jughead, because, like... She doesn't want, like, if Betty and Archie aren't going to continue acting on it, mm-hmm. and right. everyone's going their separate ways, and Jughead and Betty still seem very happy, which they do, then I think she sees that as Jughead and Betty's business, right? and not, like, her place to change it, mm-hmm. even if, like, her own world is changing. I agree, and I think that, you know, I have, like, this whole new perspective now. I think that I agree with you that if they weren't planning on acting on it, then, like, you're right, that's just be- that's just a bughead thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. But my question is, if they are going to still act on it, I think that I now also understand not telling them right now, but as soon as school is over, as, sco- as soon as graduation is over... Jughead must be told if they're going to like keep doing it right you know if it was like a thing like oh yeah I appreciate I now appreciate her not telling him right now because she doesn't want to ruin the last week of school and make everything terrible yeah but like at some point after like this big milestone is over the truth must come out See, and, like, I'm the kind of person where people have done that to me before, like, not told me something to spare my feelings until after a certain time, and I'm like, don't do that. I personally don't respond well to that. I want to know something immediately so that I can begin to process and, like, compartmentalize how I feel. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think it really depends on the person and who you're sparing, because sometimes people just want to be like, okay, let's keep going. Right, and maybe Veronica has kind of, has, like, gauged how she thinks Jughead would react. And she's like, Jughead and Betty are in the middle of a really important mystery right now. And solving the mystery is more important than the truth right now. But as soon as, but now that the mystery is over. Now they can know. Yeah. Like, I think, I don't even know if Veronica would be the one to tell them next week. Mm -hmm. I think it would be Archie. Or like, maybe it's going to come out from the adults, I think. Because Hiram knows. Hermione knows. right. Like. Tom Keller knows. Tom Keller knows. That would be juicy. Yeah. So out in the hallway, um, Veronica's like, well, I guess our only option is to pretend. Um, and Archie's like, yeah, for you. And then he walks away. Uh, what does he mean by that? Am I insane? 
No, you're not insane. I don't know exactly what no, he... weird. I don't know what he meant by that. Sometimes they have little lines in this show where I'm like, what was that supposed to mean? Yeah. yeah. So Archie's working out at El Royale and Hiram basically just like um attacks him. I thought that they were alone, but then when you get to the yeah. wide shot and I was like, oh man, Tom Keller coming in to save everybody. Um, Tom Keller's in the wide still shot, there. In the wide shot, there are several other people there. Um, so yeah. That's- Okay. Yeah. And Hiram says that Archie sucks because he stepped out on Veronica with her best friend. And I was like, you know what? When you put it that way, yikes. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to lie and pretend that Hiram didn't make several points yeah. here. And now there are other people at the gym who know. So. This is going to spread like wildfire yeah. because Hiram did it in public. Veronica's like, let's pretend about it and everything. And yeah. Guys, you know what might be character development though? Hiram didn't use that against Veronica. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's true. But he's like, hey, Fred also was an adulterer, so that makes sense. And Archie's going to punch him, and Keller stops him from beating up the actual mayor. But, like, it doesn't look good for the mayor to beat up an actual kid. That's what I was when, saying. Yeah. He's like, That's what I was saying in, in last week's podcast, is that, like, you all these child. people, well, all these people are like, oh, the mayor beat me up. Like, <laughs> all these people are like, I got jumped by the mayor. Oh my god, that's right! <laughs> I kind of forgot that he was the mayor. Yeah. And, like, he doesn't wear a mask when he's doing exactly. his vigilanteism. He's like, yeah, I'm in the mafia, but I'm also the mayor. You know what? It was time for Hiram to retire because he was too stupid to keep doing business. Yeah. <laughs> so Mary talks to Archie about how the defense lawyer for the case is asking them to make a statement to ask the judge for leniency. Mm-hmm. And George is the one who's being sentenced. And uh, if they publicly forgive him because he is innocent, then um, it might be better for him. So this is something, if I was Archie, this would be a no-brainer for me. I I mean, I don't know what it's like to lose your father, but, like, knowing that George is innocent would make it really easy for me to, um, to do that. Yeah. That's the thing is that, like, when we were watching last night and he came in and was like, you're not writing the letter for me anymore, you're writing for the, the letter for my son, who's the one who actually did it. That's much yeah. harder. So different. Yeah. So Mary's like, it's okay if you don't want to actually go. We'll just write a letter. Um, and Archie talks about how he like relives it constantly and it's just the worst thing ever. And he tries to write the letter, but he struggles. So Dave sent us a DM with like several notes about this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said that Archie addresses it to the um, to the judge incorrectly. Oh. Um, and that what it would be is it would either be your honor or like dear John Doe. So like dear, like the judge's actual first name. Okay. Um, first name, last name. And Dave said that Archie is really dumb. So I was going to excuse it, but his mom's a lawyer. Oh my God. It's the way I sometimes forget that Mary's a lawyer. Yeah. So yeah, (laughs) I feel like when Mary like reads it later, she's like, I'll just fix it. Yeah. (laughs) He did his best, and that's all you can ask for from Archie. So true. So we get a little flashback to remind everyone that he's an innocent man going to jail for his son, because that was all the way back in 401. Yeah. I don't know if we would have needed that if this episode was still technically part of season four. Yeah. But I guarantee you they still would have done it. They probably would have done it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So then George shows up at the at the gym or, or Andrew's construction or something. Is he doing Andrew's construction out of the gym now? I think so. Yeah, okay. they moved the sign in there. Remember yeah. last season we saw it in there and I was like, oh, okay, they're running the business gotcha. out of the gym. So it's like confusing because you're like, um, aren't you supposed to be like in custody? Um, and he says that Jeffrey confessed and is being charged as an adult. 
So will you write the letter for the person who actually killed your dad? Yikes. Th- this one would, that, that decision would be harder. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if that had been someone who would hurt my mom, because, like, I don't have the dad thing on account of... You suck, Doug. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I think it's far funnier for me to say he just, like, walked out to get milk one day. Mm. I think that's far funnier. But, like, if it were my mom, I would be like, no, Ross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even if he's, like... 17 i'd be like sorry yeah. i mean archie Here's the thing it's my mom mm-hmm. but Ar- i mean archie says that he says like him killing my dad that was an accident okay i could have made that that accident anybody could have made that mistake but the fact that he drove away and just left him there is the issue okay yeah exactly so i've actually lived this uh-huh. i was in a hit and run mm-hmm. um and the judge did not take the run into consideration mm. he, really yeah he was charged with following too closely so i will say that archie has made several points here mm-hmm. yeah because like if you just hit and kill somebody manslaughter for sure easy, easy manslaughter <laughs> and like that's terrifying and awful and like you're gonna have to suffer the consequences and those consequences are terrifying yeah but but i the running is what makes it criminal to me yeah exactly Um, It's like, if you have a conscience, even though it would be so much easier to run and so much less scary, mm -hmm. you have to stay. Yeah. I would, I think I would be more scared to To run. Yeah, I agree. I'd be like, the police are coming to knock down my door and they're going to be mad at me. Like, it would, it would haunt me for the rest of my life. And I don't know if I would have been able to, like, make it not as bad. Living with that uncertainty, uh uh-uh. Mm-hmm. So he goes home and sees that Mary found the tape and is crying. And, you know, she wasn't even there, but I get that it would obviously be scary to see that, you know, Archie's likeness and also having, like, heard about yeah. about the moment. And um, knowing that like, that's her gone. kid. Her and, kid was held at gunpoint. Yeah, and Archie says that he feels like he let Fred down for not, like, attacking the Black Hood that day, which is really <laughs> My sweet little thing. sad to hear. He really does have a hero complex, doesn't he? So true. And Mary says that she called Uncle Frank after George came to see them. Why? Why? (laughs) For Uh, what? Like, was she like, Archie needs a father figure or something like that? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. But also, like, how do we even have his number? Because he's, like, on the run for being a mercenary. So, like, how do you even get a hold of him? Okay, that was my question that I was about to bring up. How the hell does he just waltz back into town? And also, don't you hate him? And also, he must have been... Oh my god, I forgot she hated him. And he must have been here, like, close, because, like, George came to see them that day. Yeah. What if he, like, never left town? Yeah, he's just been here Hanging out in the woods. Uh, yeah, I'm just confused about why... Like, she's like, my son needs someone to punch, please. I don't know. (laughs) So she's like, you know what we need to do? We need to send this tape to the sheriff, which is who? I don't know. Yeah, uh, question mark. Or Bughead. Or give it to Betty and Jughead. I can't believe this lawyer thinks that they that they should give this to Betty and Jughead. Okay, um, but to be fair, is she wrong to do so? Well... Betty and Jughead have a higher case close rate than the cops do. But here's something that I thought of when I was doing my notes. Mm. Mary's like, we should give it to um, the sheriff or Betty and Jughead. And then later, Jughead talks about the tape. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I didn't think that you had it because they were going to give it to... But because, like, what Wait, did Mary... he talks about the Archie tape? Yeah. He talks about the Archie tape. He says the thing with Archie and Pops, but Archie destroyed the tape. Maybe Mary just Mary, told Mary must have told must them have told about, them about it. But, like, don't make your audience do that work. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so he breaks the tape and you're like, okay, well, that's it. All he wanted was for people not to watch the tape. And then he starts breaking the TV in the VCR. And I'm like, why? Rain it in, bud. Rain it in. Archie Kings, that's an antique. Like, just to be dramatic. Do you know how much a hipster would pay for that TV to turn it into a fishbowl or a cat bed? (laughs) A lot. Mary's like, you're scaring me. And like, no kidding, because this is unnecessary violence. Like, I think that you're scaring me part is what actually like gets through to him. Yeah. That he's being insane. Mm -hmm. I will say Molly Ringwald is too good for this show. Mm. She's so good. Um, so Archie goes upstairs and just does more punching. Um, Frank shows up. I'm really impressed that we that we figured out it was Frank from the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I get I think I just got it from like I don't know the shape of his head or something. I don't know. That beard. Um but Frank says that she called because she's worried about you, but I'm still like why would she call you? I right. really feel of all like people. I really feel like the best decision like if I were to choose somebody would probably be Keller. Mhm. Um, oh yeah, he has the dad energy. And, like, if we're going to bring back somebody from this storyline to, like, bring Archie back down to Earth, why can't it be Monroe? And, okay, and and another thing. (laughs) Why did they make Keller's actor go through all the friggin' COVID protocol crap just to have him be in one scene where he doesn't talk? That is disrespectful. He did talk and uh, he, like, told Archie to not. But that, that's, <laughs> that's not, like, joke. a meaningful time on yeah. screen. So they talk about survivor's guilt and, like, the way that I usually consider survivor survivor's guilt is when, like, some, it, it, like, An accident. some, yeah, 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 like, a thing that both people had been yeah. in. Like a plane crash or. Yeah. yeah, like, if, if Fred had passed away after being shot by the Black Hood, I get that being survivor's guilt because Archie was there. Mm-hmm. Sure. But he wasn't even at the, like, if anyone was going to have survivor's guilt, like, the traditional meaning of survivor's guilt, it would be, like, Shannon Doherty or, or whatever her, mm-hmm. her name is from 401, right? Because she was there and she could have been the one in the in the road. Right. You know? I, um, I think that survivor's guilt is a really complicated, like, yeah. thing. And it could apply to anyone, like, for any reason. And I think for Archie, because he feels like his dad was a better man than him, so why was it not right. Archie instead of him sort right. of energy? Yeah. Um. So then Frank decides that he's going to take a beating because Archie just, like, wants to punch people, I guess. Um, well, he thinks that Archie needs, like, the catharsis. Yeah. Which he does. Yeah. This is another uh, point that our friend Dave sent in, uh, specifically for me, and the cross-section of our Riverdale listeners who are also Star Trek fans, which is um, an above zero number. Uh, I love you guys. Which is surprising. (laughs) He said that uh, Frank in this scene has big Kyle Riker energy because he's just recently rewatched the episode Star Trek The Next Generation uh, called The Icarus Factor, which is where... Riker's terrible father comes back and is like, hey, let's punch each other to resolve our problems. And uh, that's, uh, it's so true because he does. Uh, Frank is bad and so is Kyle. And um, you don't solve problems by hitting each other in the face. Yeah, I simply think we should teach men more healthy emotional outlets. Yeah. Like talking. Go to therapy. Go to therapy. Yeah. You know when, um, you know that meme where people are like, hey, I'm going to name my kid, like a baby pops out. You're like, this kid's named Dwight. Yes. And you're (laughs) like, how did you do that to your child? Yeah. And and you're like, okay, like maybe that works for an adult man, but that doesn't really work for For like a a toddler, you know? Um, I feel the exact opposite about Riker's dad being named Kyle. Like... (laughs) Or like, a grown okay, man shouldn't be named Kyle. I'm like, yeah. one day you're going to be 60 years old and your name's still going to be Kyle, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So true. A baby named Frank. Yeah, yeah, true. 
<laughs> you look at it and you're like, its name is Frank. Like Fred, okay, because Freddy. Or yeah. Frederick. Yeah, like I guess you could do Frankie, I guess, but like, mm. <laughs> should we? I mean, listen, Fred named his son Archibald, so. <laughs> Ah, I don't know. <laughs> My mom looked down at me and named me Brittany. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, man. Man, names are weird. Names are weird. So uh, then they're just in the middle of punching and uh, then they start hugging. And I'm like, is he going to stick around? Because I got to I gotta say, I don't really care for him. Uh, neither do I. Yeah. I think like, I like that actor. Um, mm-hmm. He was no, on Sanctuary good. and I like loved him a lot on Sanctuary. And he's always around because... He's a Vancouver... Vancouver? Vancouver. Vancouver. Like, all these people are just Vancouver staples. Yeah. But, like, that character doesn't do anything for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't care for Frank, but I do love the actor. I remember when he showed up in, like, the mid-season of last year, or, like, last season, and I was like, oh, look, oh, this is great. And then he, like, took a hard left into mercenary drug dealer guy or whatever and I was like mm, pass. Right. Yep. so yeah I guess Frank feel free to try and weasel your way back into my heart it's possible I cried I cried over Brett so it's possible <laughs> it's true you did do that all you have to do is not take your role seriously and be very yeah. funny yeah exactly then you have one Robin yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah is he gonna stick around I don't care for him so I guess whatever um, he says it takes a long time to heal. He's ready to turn himself in, but he needs a good lawyer. And Mary's like, haha, I am one. Hello. That is me. She's like, um, yeah, I'm a lawyer. I gotta say, watching it, like, for the first time last night, I was like, ugh, please don't put Mary and Frank together. Because I was like, uh, she didn't like him. Like, it's not an enemies to lovers that I'm interested in. And then I remembered the god Dude. among women, bro. Dude, I Woo. had the same thought. Yeah. I was so afraid. I'm like, oh, they're not gonna hook them up either. And then I was like, <gasps> Mary's with a woman. <laughs> Mary's with a woman, so they won't, which I love. Um, so Archie did end up actually uh, writing the letter. At a boy. Our sweet angel man. That's my son. And uh, he's like, okay, here you go, mom. And then uh, and then she immediately opens it to read it. Was she supposed to read it? Was, he, did, he didn't seal the envelope. He I did, yeah, was. he didn't seal it, but uh, like... Was he okay with her reading it? I don't know. He didn't give consent, but I assume that he Like, he read. didn't even, like, fold it under, yeah, close it. Right. I think he was completely okay. expecting her to read it. Um, and basically, in the letter, Archie basically just says, Fred believed in forgiveness, and so I believe in forgiveness, and... Good boy. Yeah, give him a lesser sentence, I guess, which is very nice. That's the Archie storyline, but before we move on to Veronica, we're going to talk a little bit about... Patreon. So Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. And if we are some of your favorite creators, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, and there is some nice ways that you can help us. This is not any of our full-time jobs. And this is just something that we do on the side for funsies and for you guys. And so um, if you enjoy what we do here, maybe consider donating to our Patreon. There are some things that you get if you donate to our Patreon. So, for example, from $1 a month and up, you get early access to all of our podcasts. Um, A lot of people think that that's really worth it, especially for our weekly podcasts. But all of our other podcasts, it goes up a whole week in advance because um, we already have the episodes so we can record super, Mm -hmm. super Mm -hmm. long in advance. So a lot of people join for that reason. Um, But at $5 or more, you also get 10% off at shoppylux.com, which is where me and Brittany sell some stuff. If you don't want to help us out on Patreon, a great way to still help without joining Patreon 
is buying something from Shoppy Lux. And then you also get something really cool out of it. So Brittany makes resin art and stickers. I guarantee if you go and look at all her resin stuff, you will find something that you inevitably need. Oh. And I sell um, fandom embroidery. So I have um, designs of Snake Parents, Shoney, and all of the core four. And those can also be sold in like duos. So if you have like a specific ship, you can do. Um, but if you have like a character from uh, your favorite movie or your favorite TV show that I don't have a design for, um, feel free to uh, commission it because I definitely do commissions. Um, yeah, I think the only other thing I wanted to mention was that we also have annual memberships now that are 10% um, off. So instead of like paying $60 over 12 months, you would pay $54 once for a whole year of being our best friend. So sounds like a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, if you can't help us out monetarily, that's okay. The next best thing you can do is recommend us to a friend. Uh, recommend this podcast or recommend any of our other four podcasts that we are going to talk about in the outro. Yay! Woo! Thank we, you. We appreciate you so much. Thank you. Sure we do. So um, now we're going to move into the Veronica storyline, which I think Brittany did the I summary for. I did that for. one. My queen. So Ronnie and Archie are doing fake dating AU, but this time it's hostile. They're going to do this until graduation, folks. Hermosa magically reappears and continues to act like a real sister when she asks Ronnie what the tea is. But Ronnie is like, I'm fine. But then she is literally held up at gunpoint while taking out the trash. So is she fine? Anyways, the Malloys, and they want revenge on Hiram, blah, 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 blah. Hermosa kills the guys, and now I'm suddenly interested in Hermosa. They decide to team up and approach Hermione about Hiram being a friggin' mafia hitman or some dork-ass thing. They want Hermione shares of... <laughs> Sorry. Her calling when Hiram, you're a dork-ass. Calling Hiram a dork just felt so good. <laughs> I'm not a 16-year-old dork. <laughs> they want Hermione's shares of Lodge Industries and a copy of Hiram's Little Black Book. They use it to scare the crap out of Hiram's criminal contacts with false FBI threats, then take over Lodge Industries. Hiram the Scorpio isn't happy and says he, him beating people up is helping him medically, obviously, so he won't retire. Anyway, so Ronnie and Hermosa plan to have him beaten up just so that Veronica can refuse to tend to his wounds like last time. Not weird at all. I have no idea what this plan is about, and to be honest, it's flimsy as hell, but it does go off without a hitch. Veronica refuses to help Hiram after he gets his ass handed to him, and tells him that people younger than him will just keep beating him in every sense of the word. He should bounce with dignity. Hiram ends up agreeing. While Ronnie is at college, Hermosa will run the company, and what will he do? He'll take a sabbatical to the Caymans alone, since Hermione has decided to have a personality again, and says being with him was a long con to protect Veronica. She's going to take Andy Cohen up on his offer to become a real housewife of New York. Riverdale sure is a TV show. Yeah. It sure is like, a show. Sometimes I watch Riverdale, and I'm like, I'm so excited for the people who don't watch this show and only listen to our podcast. Yeah. Specifically for the moment where you say that Ver that Hermione is going to, to be a real housewife. To be a real yeah. housewife and Andy Cohen's the one who invited her yeah. to do so. <laughs> yeah, it was really crucial to me in the summary that we really lay out that Andy Cohen yeah. from his guest spot that confused us at the time. <laughs> offered her to be a real housewife of New York, and that's how they're going to write her off. I just think it's so strange to me that, like, for a long time, Riverdale was committed to, like, little anachronisms. Oh, where, right. Where, like, it seemed like this could have taken place 50 years ago or right now. I mean, right. the TV! And, like, yeah. like, the TV, the hospital, like, little things like that. And um, The amount of old-timey cameras. Right, episode. yeah. And, like, they've since mostly given that up given up the pretense of that since Fred died because they put a date in the show. Mm -hmm. But little things like this, where she's like, 
Andy Cohen asked me to be a real housewife of New York really just yeets me out of Riverdale and into, like, some parallel dimension of chaos and insanity where this takes place in in the present time, and I don't understand it. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, is Hermione the only one in present time? Because she's the only one who used her iPhone (laughs) to take a picture. Okay, but, like, the way that is the long con of... Riverdale is Hermione's the only person who time travels. (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting that you said that before, Brittany, was that um, that's how they were going to write off Marisol, because Marisol was going to leave. Yeah. Like, with Skeet for a really long time, Um, and now apparently she's coming back, I think. Which doesn't make any sense. I'm not sure how they're going to swing that, but I guess I'm excited to find out. Skeet next, please? Yeah, they're like, um, they're bringing Hermione back, and I'm like, but you guys screwed with her character for so long that I don't mm-hmm. care now. And now you've made her a real housewife of New York? <laughs> and it's like, am I supposed to be interested in this? Because I can be, but I don't want to be. <laughs> We've gotten, like, an, like, the explanation for what next week's episode is going to be, and it says that, like, FP is making a decision for his and Jellybean's future or whatever, Oof. um... And so I assume he's, like, going to be taking her off and, like, getting her help or something like that. But I don't see how, like, after seven years, you can't have come back. And, like, I know that Skeet wanted to leave. But, like, storyline-wise, it doesn't make sense why he wouldn't be back after seven years. I really thought that in the narrative, the they were going to have some excuse for him to have left, like, right before we come back into the time jump. Right. So, like, he's there all through, like, all through the time jump, and then for some reason, right before we start seeing where they are now, he's gone somewhere. Right. To do something that will take a long time, but they are still in a relationship. Right. But apparently, I can't have anything. If they don't... If they leave on bad terms, I'm gonna be so mad. Like, why does Alice look so sad... In those promo pictures. Like, Jelly Bean, it better why be, are you such a creep? It better just be because he's leaving. And not because he's like, I'm leaving you because I'm leaving for a long time. You know? Like, I, the, like they Alice look so be, happy in this episode. They literally just got to be happy for the first time in their lives. After being in love for, like, 25 years. Mm-hmm. And, and you're gonna tell me, just because his daughter is a freaking psychopath, he's gonna leave the love of his life forever? There are psych wards in Riverdale. She can get... There's a therapist in Riverdale. She actually seems like a pretty good therapist. We love you, Gina Torres. (laughs) Anyway, uh, this storyline is not about FP, but I understand why we wanted to make it about him. (laughs) So basically, Veronica's whole thing before, like, her first real scene is her, like, pretending with Archie, which we already kind of um, talked about. Um, But she's working at Pops uh, because she owns the place. Um, Hermosa is here. I don't know where she was last episode, all all throughout the podcast. (laughs) We were like, where is Hermosa? Did she leave? I don't know, but she's here now. And Hermosa can kind of tell that she's having Archie problems. Veronica goes out and the Malloys are going to kill Veronica because Hiram killed their dad. Um, and Hermosa shows up and kills the three of them. She's got her silencer on and she says she has a permit. So it's fine, I guess. She's so... That just means your gun is registered. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. She, well, she's saying that they're gonna, like, say it was self-defense. Um, so, like, they're gonna be fine with it. My problem is how nonchalant she is about having killed three people. Mm-hmm. Also, like, you still have to go to trial. Yeah. And prove it was self-defense. Also, where did, what, uh, well, what did you do with three giant men? Also, I don't think you can call it self-defense if you shot them in the back. 
Oh, that was my exact thought when we were watching. I was like, <laughs> "You shot them in the back." Like Veronica from the front could mm. have claimed self defense. What? This, this is not going to come back. Oh, uh, no, 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 like no, no, no. at all. Um, but we just wanted to point out how it doesn't make sense. Thanks. But we we want to point out that we see it. Hermosa, like, why? She kills three people and she's like, oh. Oops. And she goes, were they your enemies? And I'm like, what if she said no? What if she was like, no, that's my new boyfriend. I am having problems with Archie because I'm now dating this guy. Why would her new boyfriend be pointing a gun at her? I'm not going to pretend to know what they like, okay? <laughs> but it was, con- but, but the line was confusing of, were they your enemies? When I think what she meant was, were they your enemies? Because later then, because then Veronica. Oh, yeah. Mm. Because then Veronica says, no, they were daddy's enemies. Yes. Yeah. So were they your enemies versus were they your enemies changes the line. Yeah. Fair enough. So they go to see Hermione and they're like, do you know that Hiram's in the mafia again? And Hermione's like, no comment. So yes. And you, what, do you don't care? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, so you do know. So I guess. Um, and they're like, well, our lives are in danger now. So how about you sell us your Lodge Industries shares and give us a copy of his contact book? And Hermione's like, hmm, seems like you guys are not going to be very nice to Hiram. And they're like, true. And Hermione's like, <laughs> sounds great. Work. Go off, queen. I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm interested. So they go to talk to Hiram and he's like mad because they scared off his associates by saying that the FBI was coming, which is what they used the contact book for. And they're now taking over the company board, which is what the shares were for. And they're going to be shutting it down because it's time for him to retire and it's time to let the next generation take over. (laughs) I mean, yeah. So Hiram says that reverting back to his true nature has brought him strength. Your true nature is murder. Yeah. Just so we're clear, your true nature is... You're you're telling me that your true nature is murder. Self-reflection, maybe? Uh, Too unrealistic. I can't. Okay. Um, And he's like, yeah, so my strength is back because of hurting people. That's not... No. Cool. And then Veronica says, that's not how medical science works. At least someone knows that. Wait, okay, so then I have a question. Okay. What was the point of last week's storyline where he was getting better? Just to wrap up the the, the disease storyline. But then Ronnie then says, but that's not, that's not it. You're not getting better because of this. Mm-hmm. So we're back at square one. Right. What was the reason? Are we? Maybe are, the are, Caymans will, uh, maybe the Caymans will heal him. I think it's going to be funny when we come out on the other side of seven years and. Hiram's none, dead. Hiram's <laughs> just dead. And like, if so, and if, and if Hermione is still in New York, please, I am begging you, just give all of Parentdale screen time to Machen and Natalie. Mm-hmm. They're so good, and they deserve it. And Martin. And I deserve it. Yeah, oh, and Martin. Martin. Yeah. Tom and Alice and Penelope are all mm-hmm. that I need in my life. Yeah. Please and thank you. Also, bring back Sierra, please. Oh, yeah, yes, please. Thanks. Well, Katie Keene was a bust. Yeah. So. Yeah, but doesn't that mean that Josie's coming back to Riverdale? That would I think be nice. So. I, would I, like I think that. I think I heard that. That would be great. So bring us back Josie and Sierra. Thank you. Thanks. Especially since Tom and Sierra are married. Yeah. And so like Veronica being like, that's not how medical science works. And I'm like, I'm glad that you know that now, but I guarantee that you you didn't know that several episodes ago and you won't know that several episodes in the future. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So Hermosa's plan is that she's going to get Hiram hurt and Veronica won't help him like she always does. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, Hiram kind of counts on Veronica to passively agree with what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So Veronica's working at the speakeasy, and it looks like she's doing inventory, I think. She gets a text from Hiram, and there sure is a lot of information just looking at her phone. <laughs> Why? 
There's so much going on here. So first of all, it's a text from Hiram. It, it doesn't show the time or the date, which it usually would if you're looking at your phone. Like it just, just shows the text message, which is weird. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you can turn that off in settings or not. And if you can, why would you do that? I don't know. So Veronica's phone background is just like some jewels. Sure. Okay. Hiram's name in her phone is Daddykins. Ew. Okay. Yeah. And also, Hiram uses PLS instead of please. <laughs> He's hip. Hiram. He's hip. I don't believe it. She's gonna break a hip. <laughs> so she goes back to her house, and Hiram's like, mm, I got jumped outside the mayor's office. Meh. I mean, Go where get- else were you gonna get jumped? <laughs> Maybe get- stop beating people up then, Mr. Mayor. Go get the first aid kit. And Veronica's basically like, no, you suck. Get it um, yourself, old man. She says that his astrological sign is the scorpion, but he's <sighs> acting like a dog. Sam, your statement on the matter? I didn't deserve this. I did not deserve it. I'm sorry that it happened to you. As a Scorpio, we don't claim him. <laughs> Take it back. Yeah. <laughs> I posted that uh, there were a lot of things that this episode of Riverdale did to me that uh, are criminal, but this is the biggest offense. Yeah. And um, my friend Mariah replied with uh, a negative response about him being a Scorpio as well. And she has decided that he is a Leo and uh, I'm not going to argue with her. Yeah, I just wish that they had made Hiram like a a being without an astrological sign Mm. so that no one had to be disappointed. Like he he doesn't have the emotional depth to be a a water sign. Mm -hmm. Oh, so true. So um, she calls him, she says that he's acting like a dog and... To train the dog, um, if a dog poops on the carpet, how do you train the dog? And she says you rub his nose in it, which of course you hear. But that seems like maybe not like uh, you put the dog next to the poop and you point at and you go, bad. Was that you? Bad, bad, bad. Don't stick your dog's nose in crap. Because now your dog has a poop nose and you also have to clean the poop nose. I thought it was more poop. I thought it was the dog peed on the carpet. Mm. Well, either way, then he's got a pee nose. I don't know. That's true. The word soiled, I gotta say. She, she uses the word yeah, soil of a right. word. And soil makes me think word. poop. I don't like that word. That's fair. It's like, you want your dog to have a poop nose? No. no I don't know. Maybe that's just a me thing. <laughs> but she talks about how he's just going to constantly be beaten by younger, stronger men. And that he beat the disease, but he's just going to get killed on the street. Did which he beat all the great disease? Did he beat it? I don't know. But all the points she's making are, are pretty good. Um, with just a lot of dog metaphors, really. So she goes to see Hermosa, who's sitting in Veronica's room. And I guess she heard all that because she's like, good job. Um, so that makes me think that their walls are really thin. And there's just so much intercourse that goes on in that apartment that I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's uncomfortable. But she's like, Hermosa, what the heck? Uh, he's really beat up, like worse than usual. And she's like, well, we wanted to make a point. And I'm like, Hermosa... Of all the psychopaths on this show, uh, didn't really expect you to join their ranks. Uh, just thought she was, like, a callous woman. I don't think she's a psychopath. Because, like, she killed three people and didn't care. I, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The problem with this show is that they label people psychopaths, Mm -hmm. but they don't actually have a working understanding of, like, what a psychopath actually is. Mm -hmm. Because, like, sociopaths and stuff actually can function perfectly fine fine in society. Mm-hmm. Whatever these people are in Riverdale, <laughs> they're just so far above what, like, the DSM, like, definition of right. psychopathics, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So Hyra is actually considering retiring. Uh, Veronica said she's going to go to college and Hermosa would handle all the business stuff. Do we trust Hermosa with that now? Um, I didn't think that we were, like, totally on I that good of terms with Hermosa. I think it's so funny that 
Hermosa does like one nice thing and we're like Well Hermosa runs the business now. Yeah. Friendship ended with Hiram. Hermosa is my friend now. Yeah. Exactly. So Hiram says he's gonna go to the Caymans to like have like a break. And uh, Hermione said she isn't coming because Andy Cohen asked her to be a Real Housewife of New York three years ago. I can't believe that these actors have to stay, say this stuff with a straight face. Yeah. I, I'm so impressed by them. Like, yes, KJ did some really, really important, like, acting emotional this episode. Acting, like, emotional yeah. acting. But I think that the real acting is done by Marisol Nichols in this scene. <laughs> it's um, so true. I feel that you are correct. And, like... By Madeline a lot of the times when she has mm-hmm. to say the things that she says. And she does yeah. it as if it's actual real life. And I'm just so impressed and all like, the time. Like when you think about early season four when Machen had to be like, yeah, he's built a rocket. Yeah, he's built a rocket and he's, he's gonna, gonna fly it into space. Yeah. Yeah. Deadpan. No, he built one. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, what show am I watching? <laughs> he built a cult rocket. However... That was three years ago, Hermione. Like, that was three years ago. Maybe you've kept in contact with Auntie Cohen. I don't know. Also, you're not even going to be married. Yeah, exactly. But, that, yeah, that was three years ago. And I'm I'm coming off of last week's episode. And like the Commandant, he might have just straight up found a replacement for you. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how you expect that you'll just be, like, brought into those ranks. I don't know. God, if- is that how they bring Marisol back? They're like, I failed as a ha- uh, real housewife. <laughs> they didn't want Real me. Housewives of New York got canceled. Yes. <laughs> so Hermione also says that the only reason why she stayed with Hiram is to keep Veronica safe. Bull! And it... And did getting back together with Hiram keep Veronica safe? It feels like no, because she just brought Veronica back, like, close to, like, all of Hiram's, like, criminal dealings and stuff. Yeah, it's like, Like, now now a very bad man lives in your home. I think this was the biggest disservice that the show did to her character, Mm -hmm. was Was retconning all of that to be like, oh, well, she was protecting Veronica the entire time. I'm like, but at at points, she was watching Veronica get abused. Yeah. Yeah. And she was being abused. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's like, and she never gave any indication like she had a, a full affair behind Hiram's back yeah but never once mentioned like she had two yeah Minetta and then she killed him <laughs> I just I have so many questions about like why they write her so inconsistently mm-hmm. yeah it's just like you know like you guys said she was being abused herself mm-hmm. and I, I really feel like she didn't understand Veronica if she didn't think that if she went to Veronica and said, I'm being abused, I need to go, I want to take you with me because I don't want you to be abused. Veronica Mm -hmm. would be like, either go, I promise I'll take care of myself, I won't let him abuse me, or okay, I'll come with you. Either way, you're leaving. You know? Like, it just doesn't feel like she knows Veronica because I really feel like Veronica would be like, yeah, you're not staying here. If exactly. Hermione had just done that. Yep. So yeah, she's leaving Hiram, becoming a real housewife. And Hiram doesn't have any more lines in the scene. He he, says, <laughs> he just uh, sits there. He, he just has, has to sit there and absorb that. He says a hard nothing about it and just like has to take it, basically. <laughs> uh, but okay, but let, let's go on that vacation though. Because that's important. Yeah, so do go that. to the Caymans. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the Veronica storyline. And now we have to uh, mourn all that once was as as we go into the Bughead storyline, which I did the summary for. <sighs> Tragique. Betty gets a call from Brett in prison. He has info, but he wants to be transferred to solitary because he's afraid for his safety. Betty says she'll get it done and visit him. They do, but apparently he was murdered? They go to Dr. Curdle Jr., who shows them his mangled face, and yeah, he's dead, which is sad. They think it was David who was tying up loose ends. They find him hanging in the cabin, so also dead. 
They assume that he was the auteur and it's all over now, but they get another tape in which the auteur gets inside their house and even holds a knife to Jellybean. Scary Jinkies. stuff. The family leaves the house and stays at the Five Seasons for a bit. Betty gets a call from Donna saying that Joan is dead too, and Donna is next and going into hiding. Betty doesn't believe her, but calls Joan the next day to find out that she really did die. Betty and Jughead realize that it was Charles all along killing these people and that he's still with Chick. Great. I hate it. Charles isn't the auteur, though. Later, they figure out that it was Jellybean and a bunch of her friends, and yeah, I guess there goes the entire Cooper Jones Smith family in one fell swoop. Did you hear that? Two out of three of FP's kids are to blame this season. Wonderful. I hate it here. Yeah, I do be hating it here. Hasn't Alice been through enough? I just... I, it's lazy as hell. It's lazy as hell. I I definitely have, like, notes going in here, and so I, I'm just going to talk, but if I miss any of my notes, I might have to, br- I might have to bring it back up again. <sighs> my problem with it being Charles is that we've, like, complained and continued to bring up the whole chick thing, like, every single episode. Yeah. If they had brought up Chick and Charles once more, yeah. after yeah. that, like, I think it was like 405 or 6 or something that that happened at the end of an episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. But at this point, it's come out of completely nowhere. Yeah. And also, like, Charles is like calling himself, well, Betty calls him like a serial killer yep. and everything. First of all, ha- uh, uh, Charles is not related to Hal, who's the ser- who is the serial killer, so that doesn't make sense. Right. But, like, one of the things that we've been talking about is that, actually, if the auteur's, like, videos aren't real and people aren't actually dying, which in this episode are- is finally revealed that they aren't, mm-hmm. the only people who have, like, died by the hands of the big bad of the season, it all happens in this episode. Yeah. So, like, what? Why couldn't the auteur and the... And, like, why couldn't we just have the auteur then? Like, why... Like, he, why, why manufacture Charles killing people if he wasn't... If no one was dying all mm-hmm. along anyway? Like, if people had been dying mm-hmm. in these videos and Charles Jellybean had been, been working together and, like, she was like, fun video project, and he was like, fun way to get rid of bad guys, mm-hmm. then I would have been like, okay, yeah, sure, because people have been dying all season. Yeah. But then they were just like, you know what, I want to fire a bunch of people for the time jump, so um, you get a villain story, you get a villain story. I'm like, okay. It's literally a time jump. If you wanted to get rid of people, you don't have to kill them. You just have to be like, yeah, they're off doing something else. You know, like, yeah. it's like it's been seven years. Here, here it is. There are only three people that are killed this episode. Yeah. There's only three people that Charles is responsible for killing this episode. Later, Betty is like, I guess that's not the only people that you killed or whatever. And he's like, ha ha ha, yes. But like, who then? I don't know. And Um, like, it's not people we know. Yeah. So like, okay, so Brett. Chick killed Brett. So, okay. I, one of the, the explanations that I was hoping for when we got the Charles and Brett scene was that Charles was manipulating Chick into like still being on his side so that maybe he could get like information from him from prison or something like that. Like I really- that's too logical. I know. I just really wanted Charles to be a good guy and that was a way that we could make it happen. So, okay. Charles could be like, oh my God, I was talking to Chick and I really didn't think that he was going to take it that far. I'm so sorry. You can still kill off Brett. It was Chick. It was Chick's fault. Oh my God. I didn't actually want him to kill Brett. Great. Charles is still nice. Joan, who cares? Forget about it. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Like, we can still- She's irrelevant. We've already forgotten about her. We can still have, like, Donna be like, oh my god, and, like, just forget about Joan. It doesn't matter. Then, David. Have David actually have killed himself then? Sure. And then that's it. 
That's the only people, like, Charles only killed two people. He's not, he, that's he's it. a serial killer, he's not even a good one. Yeah, and, like, serial killer. Like, that That seems like it's something that, like, you know, a lot of serial killers will, like, do the same thing over and over again. Like, Penelope has an M.O. Penelope yeah. is a serial killer. Yeah. Because she comes from Blossoms. <laughs> You're just a person. But she doesn't even come from Blossoms. She's not related to Hal either. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> But, but like, Charles is killing people in completely different ways every single time. So, yeah. like, it's just, it doesn't make sense. I just wish that we had, like, it just, it's just dumb. And it's just all of the bad things that Charles has done, other than bug their phones, which is only really being brought up now, mm-hmm. kill people, but only in this episode. Yeah. It's, I'm just really disappointed in it. And um, I really wanted Charles to not be evil. And like, I was really in mourning for the Charles that I like had in my heart and my brain. Mm-hmm. And well, like the life that I wanted for Alice too. Yeah. Like, cause Alice has been through so much. Serial killer husband, fake not son who is a psychopath. And then she gets her real son. And then he tricks her into going into a cult. Why train for years and years to be in the FBI? If you know that you're just gonna, like, did he only do that so that he could learn how to trick the FBI or to, like, to get privileged information or something? I think it's that one. It's the devil you know. Or are you even in the FBI? Like, he's such a terrible FBI player. I don't know. I I mean, we have always felt that he's a bad FBI agent. I don't know why I keep saying FBI player. I said that a couple times. (laughs) A DVD player? I don't know. (laughs) I've said that a couple times just out loud in IRL recently but you're valid anyway that's too much mario kart for you (laughs) i'm just sad so yeah it just sucks because like it's not even original because they already did it and like i know that i'm sad for alice because of chick and because of charles Mm -hmm. i'm also really sad for fp yeah he has three children he didn't even know about charles for the longest time but he only has three children yeah jughead is Kind of a nutball, but at least he's not evil. Right. Jelly beans, uh, sure is something mm-hmm. right now. And then it turns out Charles is an actual killer. I, yeah. I don't. It's weird. Like, this just, it's bad and lazy. And like, it sucks to watch. You don't want to watch people go through this. It, it, honestly, it's like my literal issue with this is that they had already done this plot line. Yeah. And it was very clear. It's been very clear, like, for a while that a lot of CW shows just have no interest in, like, keeping the people who play their adult characters, like, happy in their employment. So mm-hmm. they do random crap like this. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, but then why am I watching this? You know, why did you hire these actors? I really loved this storyline when it was chick yeah when it was chick it was so fascinating like it was so dramatic but like why the repeating of it once you've like already had me watch chick be awful like oh i was like this is terrifying and thrilling Mm -hmm. and like oh how tragic Mm -hmm. and then he wasn't even their real kid and it was like oh wow great at least he wasn't their kid and then you bring in their real kid and you get us to like him because he's charming and funny and like stupid and then, just by the way, he's the same evilness as the fake one. And we're too lazy to even write a different version of it. And, like, once again, like, we had that lovely scene where Charles, like, came out to Betty and was saying that he was, like, that, like, and, like, told her that he was gay. And I forgot about that. It, like, uh. s- sucked because Betty was, like, such a piece of crap about it. Like, <laughs> making, not making fun of him, but, like, figured out that it was true and then was, like, Kind of, like, accusing him of something or right. whatever. 
Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I was in a relationship with a chick and it was bad. And like, now I know that that's all false or whatever. But like, it's just another thing of like making, and like, we have a lot of really great gay characters who are the heroes mm-hmm. and everything, but like, just more gay characters are villains. Yep. Yeah. Ew. I mean, like, look at every Disney villain and then look at how queer coded they are and you'll see why this is an issue. Yep. yep. Well, let's, I'm going to get into my notes here. Um, and by that, I mean, I'm going to cry about Brett. <laughs> I probably won't. I Listen, I won't actually cry uh, because I got out all my cries, um, but I will tell you why I cried. So Bughead sleeps spooning. Uh, could not be me. If, yeah, if I'm sharing a bed with someone, they better stay as far away from me as possible. Um. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I am extremely happy in my relationship, mm-hmm. but I cannot sleep like that. Yeah. Yeah, she won't, like, she is not a nighttime snuggler. I also need to have, like, if all it's... of the freedom that I need to, like, move around and get comfortable. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. want to be worried about waking somebody else up because I need to flip around. And then I don't want to be staring somebody in the face because I wanted to flip around. <laughs> What were you going to say? I'm just like, if it's the middle of the day and we're like, it's a Sunday mm-hmm. and you're like warm because it's sunny and you're having an afternoon nap, I get it. The middle of the night. Yeah. And then also like we see it now and then we also see it on the tape and I can't tell if it was the same night or if it was like two separate nights, but either way, you're doing that for multiple nights? I- and, and, and in the exact same position, when do y'all get uncomfortable? You gotta get uncomfortable at some point. I don't know. Also, can I just say, oh, I'll say it when we get to the, when we get to the tape. Okay. <laughs> so, Brett calls at, like, 3 a.m., and this is a little confusing to me, because I'm like, are you even allowed to call at 3 a.m.? Like, aren't there special, like, calling times? Yeah, there are literal, like, times when you can do that. Okay. So, is this Betty's line, or did the phone ring in the entire house? Oh, my God. Like, I remember watching like, coming-of-age movies when I was, like, younger and everything, and, like, I thought it was the coolest thing in the entire world to have a phone line that was just yours, and, like, yeah. now, and, like, now I have a cell phone, but, <laughs> you but I, from? but I thought it was so cool to, like, have a, have a line that went, I think Raven from That's So Raven had that, yeah. like, I remember that, and I thought that was so cool, and so I was like, ooh, maybe Betty has that, but I don't think that's a thing, and I think it rang in the entire house, and what if Alice had answered? Thanks. <laughs> I would, I would like to have seen it. <laughs> She'd have been like, hello. <laughs> and Brett would have been Can like, Can I help you? Hi, is Betty there? Can I speak to Betty? Can I and speak to Ponytail? Even, he wouldn't even be able to say Ponytail because he's talking to her mom. He'd be like, hi, is Betty there? <laughs> That'd be so funny. Oh, I'm sad. Brett is dead. Um, <laughs> he says that he has privileged info and he calls Jughead Slughead. Which Slughead <laughs> is so funny. It's truly the I- best thing I've ever heard Jughead be called. Which I thought was really funny because he's never called Jughead Slughead before, which means that he must have thought of that one in prison and was like, can't wait to use this one later. (laughs) And it's like, okay, dork. So Hiram owns this prison, and so he asks for himself to be transferred to solitary. This is so scary to me because that means that he knew that he was being hunted and was probably going to be killed. And Mm -hmm. Betty was too late getting him transferred. I just can't imagine like probably sleeping with your eyes open, like not even sleeping, just can't sleep because you think that somebody's going to come in and kill you. And then your worst nightmare happens. Chick like, I don't know, freaking grudge crawls into his room with a knife or like a, what's it called in in a prison when you can't have a knife? a shiv <laughs> and like shows up probably looks you straight in the face probably says something 
absolutely horrifying and then stabs you and kills you and gouges out your eyes and gets away with it and and gets away with it i'm just like so horrified by the way that brett died and i know that he was terrible like a morally reprehensible white man he Mm -hmm. was terrible but god i loved watching him i thought he was so funny near the end there he was stupidly interesting like if you had told me at the beginning of season four that brett got horribly terribly murdered i'd be like thank god but like i cried so hard last night just thinking about how scary it probably was for him okay but the thing is a villain like brett deserved a way more interesting death Mm -hmm. yeah than something that was off screen that you didn't see i don't know it was just kind of dumb yeah he he also he deserves the death that's coming for donna so true um yeah i just like I just can't imagine how scared he must have been. And I know, like, I don't want to be a, you know. Brett apologist. She's not, a, yeah, she's I, not an apologist. I don't I don't want to be a, but Brock Turner had so much in his future, you know. Like, I'm not doing uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we've gotten a lot, like, a lot of Brett and, uh, anyway, I was just really sad. I was really sad about Brett. Um, also, it's out. also because, like, um, Sean, Sean Deppner is, like, very entertaining in yeah. the role. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like, it's I, not... Yeah. I, like, I just, I'm also, imagine reaching out to someone for help, someone that you didn't, don't want to reach out to help for, but reaching out because you're at the end of your rope and then actually being murdered like that night, knowing that if you had just called 24 hours earlier, maybe you might've made it. Mm, Like, I just, I'm putting a lot of thought into this, but it just makes me, it just terrifies me. And we never really hear what he knows that he was going to give them, but I think that what it was is that Charles and Chick are like still in cahoots and that Charles is evil basically. And oh, you know what I just realized? Mm. What? Charles is bugging the phone. So Charles hears this and probably tells Chick to kill him that night. Oh. Before they can move Duh. him. So they go to see him the next day, but he's not available because he was found dead that morning. Did they even try to get him moved or were they going to do that? Like, or I think that's what they were doing when they got there. Or was he dead in solitary? Like, did they move him to solitary and Chick got into solitary? Chick would have to have like real good connections in the prison. Yeah, like where where are your cameras? Where are your cameras? You're a prison. Thanks. Like, I don't think I don't. He couldn't have. uh, He couldn't have gotten to him in solitary. Yeah. Um, so then the guy at the desk says the ambulance took him to the morgue. And I had seen on Twitter that Dr. Curdle Jr. was going to be in this episode. <laughs> but if I hadn't known that Dr. Curdle Jr. was going to be in this episode and the guy said the ambulance took him to the morgue, I would have lost it. Um, <laughs> like, I knew that it was coming, which is, which, which was, which was good and I was excited. Um, but if I hadn't known, God, I would have. I would have been so excited. Yeah, um, I kind of wish you hadn't known. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> no, that's okay. I already, like, people had already been adding me in oh, it okay. and stuff. So, Dr. Curdle Jr. is here. <laughs> Robin's special friend. The absolutely effervescent, um, just incredible. Effervescent. <laughs> just incredible um, character of Dr. Curdle Jr. <laughs> um, they're like, do you always get bodies from Hiram's prison? And he's like, yeah. So he says that what happened to Brett was that he had multiple stab wounds to his abdomen, but his eyes were also gouged out. God, I hope his eyes were gouged out after he was dead. But also like, hey chick, what the hell? Uh, who does that to someone that they don't even know? You have to be really unhinged to like, like crimes and murders of like to that degree of violence are almost always personal. Mm-hmm. He didn't do yeah, anything to you. That's I a good just point. like I was just so 
freaked out by that. So Dr. Colonel Jr. moves the, moves the like blanket over top of his face. I can't imagine seeing someone that you knew like that. And like Betty later says that like it's, she's never going to get the image out of her head. But like why, I couldn't even, there's no way I could even look, especially after he's like, yeah, his eye, oh no, he, oh, Dr. Colonel Jr., <laughs> you scamp. He, t he tells them that his eyes were gouged out after he moves the blanket. <laughs> Do you want to talk about how you just called the coroner a scamp? You scamp. You scallywag. I, <laughs> I can't. If, if he had done that, he'd been like, yeah, here's Brett. And you just imagine, like, I assume that I'm just going to see Brett's face, but sleeping, you know? Sure. And so they're like, oh, okay. So they look. And then his straight up eyes are gouged out. And Jughead's like, his eyes. And he's like, yeah, they're gouged out. <laughs> Why would you not tell me that before you had me look at it? But I really- like, These children don't need a warning. <laughs> Lily's face is really just doing the most and I, I love it. I, Lily's face is always doing the most. Like, I really want that as a reaction gift, but I don't know what I would use it for. <laughs> so later, they're talking to hmm, Charles and- He's dead to me. <laughs> and Betty's like, oh, that sucked. I hated seeing that. And Charles is like, yeah, that's weird. Uh, hmm. Um, <laughs> Betty brings up the fact that they got the sign that said God is watching and then he had no eyes. And I'm like, I don't like, like that's a reach for me because the auteurs thing was God was watching. God is watching. You oh, know? yeah. So I just still just feel like Chick did that for fun. And I hate him. Thanks. Like, so it's also sort of implied that that Charles knows that Jellybean is making the tape. Yeah. So was he like training her to be a serial killer? I don't think so. I think that maybe he was maybe like planting ideas in her head or something like that, but in like a super chill way so that Jellybean wouldn't like catch on to it, it being him mm -hmm. but he knew it was her from the start i think probably because he has bugged the house and probably like heard her talking on the phone with ricky or whatever which by the way jughead blames basically this entire thing on ricky we haven't seen ricky since season three like yeah. at least bring ricky back for like Wait, an that's, episode that's so funny they literally i was like you might as well have just blamed it on lauren from soccer i'm gonna say frankly yeah. um i don't think i knew who ricky was mm. yeah they were like ricky and i was like who there was Joaquin's a brother from there was a handful three. of season three episodes that I just didn't watch because mm -hmm. I was so upset about the Alice storyline. Mm. And I think that that's where Ricky fell. Mm -hmm. So Charles was like, oh, we should believe Betty. Uh, your motives are so weird. And Charles says that David killed Brett to tie up loose ends, which makes sense that he would say that. Yeah. Um, but Betty isn't quite convinced about that. And oh yeah, my next note is, is Charles even an FBI agent? But we already talked about that. So they go to the... Uh, cottage or the cabin because they finally find David and they're like, oh my God, he killed himself. And something that Dave had brought up in his DM was like Betty being like, mm, did David even seem suicidal? That, okay, that that doesn't really mean anything and you shouldn't say that stuff. Yeah, suicidal right. people can hide that extremely, extremely well. Like, you know, every time that something like that happens to like any celebrity, everyone's like, whoa, no one saw yeah, this coming. No one coming. saw yeah. it coming. Like, it's like Robin, like Robin Williams was a, was a huge, like seeming suicidal doesn't tell you anything. anything. Yeah. If someone seems suicidal, it means that they're outwardly choosing to show you that. Mm -hmm. And they Which want is a help. cry for help. Yeah. If someone doesn't seem suicidal, but then commit suicide, they had a lot more going on than you ever knew about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where did Charles get the owl mask? Because I'm like, is yeah, like like we said, is is he also in with Je Jellybean? Because that makes it even worse. He got it at the same place 
that everyone else got their... Gargoyle um, masks? Yes. All their cosplay. Yeah, exactly. But he's not stabbed because Jellybean wasn't actually killing him. Like, I was like, oh, maybe it wasn't the real David in the video. But then we see that it was actually David. Mm -hmm. Like, the guy who was, like, posing to get killed uh, at the prom video was actually David because he's, like, thinks it's funny or something. I don't know. Making teenagers into weird snuff film directors. So he's not actually, like, stabbed or anything because that none of those deaths actually ever happened. But he's been staged to have killed himself here by Charles, apparently. Yeah, Jellybean never killed anyone. Not sure how they made it look so real. Yeah, Charles is now off, like, basically off. Like, okay, why did we need two villains and why did they both have to be FP's kids? Yeah, that's the most important question. Like... We were like, for the past three seasons, we've been like, why are the evil people always adults? Let's bring in the kids. And they were like, okay. So they gave us Donna and Brett. And we were I like, Thank you. and I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Um. Then we made the auteur jelly bean and I was like, we went too far. <laughs> yeah. That was not what I meant. Yeah. But Charles is like, yep, that's what happened. And now it's over. Um, but Betty thinks it's like too neat, too perfect. Um, so at home, Jughead gets like a message that he is accepted to the University of Iowa, which is awesome. He says it's one of the best creative writing programs in the country. So this is great. And FP is so happy because he's the first Jones boy to go to college. Woo-hoo! And it is so cute. Um, so they're going to go to Pops to celebrate. And FP and Alice just look married as heck. Oh, they're so scene. cute. We deserve this. Alice, I mean, Machen and Skeet, like, act their butts off in, like, yeah. the, the tiniest little stuff. fractions of they, scenes. They know that, like, we're watching for the snake parent stuff, and they give us that content. They put the breadcrumbs the show in. won't. Yeah. Yeah. They give us the breadcrumbs. Um, and Jellybean, like, ha- having watched it for the second time after, like, the big reveal, you can, like, tell that she's just really upset that, like, once again, Jughead is leaving and her plan, like, isn't working or whatever. Yeah. So they're still at home. This is before they go to the five seasons. So they're still just at their regular house. Betty called the home or Brett called the home phone. But Donna's calling Betty's cell phone. Right. Because I had for a second I was like, oh, maybe she called her cell phone because she tried calling the home phone and they weren't home because they Mm. were at the five seasons. But this is before that. So Donna and Brett are just calling two different numbers. Um, Also, how did they get Betty's numbers? Yeah. Like. Donna is at a phone booth and she didn't want to use her cell phone, I guess. Donna had Betty's phone number. Sure. I don't, I don't really know how she got it, but I guess there's many different ways. Um, but she definitely had it earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. So she probably just like took it off her cell phone. How Brett got their home phone number? No idea. (laughs) Um, and she talks about how, yeah, Joan was killed too. And so Donna's going to go into hiding and Betty straight up just doesn't believe her. Like, Okay, you don't have to help her, but, like, believe her at least, you know? Like, why would she... She's like, I'm not gonna well, fall I, for your reindeer games, nah, but... if I were Betty, I wouldn't believe her either. I wouldn't believe her, but I would listen just in case. Yeah. Because Betty starts immediately, like, talking over her, mm-hmm. and I'm like, all right, I don't believe you, but I want to hear out your right. psychopathic, uh... Right, like, this could rambles. be evidence. What kind of detective are you? So, Betty, the next day, calls for Joan Berkeley and pretends to be Donna, And here's my uh, problem with this, is that whoever she's talking to, let's say it's Joan's mom. Let's just say it is. She pretends to be Donna, and she's like, oh yeah, we were friends from Stonewall Prep. And she's like, oh, is this Donna? And she's like, yeah. Sure. Well, how did Donna know about Joan's death? Joan didn't tell her. Has Joan's mom already told Donna? Because then she knows that Betty is lying about being Donna. Like, how did Donna find out about Joan's death then? Mm, Newspaper. 
Newspaper. Newspaper. Okay, sure. You don't think section. You don't think that Donna is the type of person who reads a newspaper? Sure, but it seems like I mean Brett just got killed yesterday. Joan probably got killed like ten minutes ago when she's <laughs> calling, you know? Or she said she was walking home from school, so like that afternoon. Mm. It wouldn't be in the paper yet. I don't know. I'm just confused about how Donna knew about it. Are they still at Stonewall? Still at No, Joan went off yonder because her dad was a diplomat or whatever, so she had diplomatic immunity, so she like left the country. That's why I'm like, where are oh. you? So yeah, and yeah. then Donna went off to a different school. I think. Um, and Brett went to <laughs> prison. <laughs> As you do. But she's like, oh my god, like, how did she die? And she basically says, um, she was beamed in the head with a rock in the forest. <laughs> Which, oh, you know, like the way literal. that, uh... You know, she went the way of Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> the way that you guys almost killed Jughead? Yeah. Uh, so that makes sense, I guess. Uh, but, like, if Joan's death was so symbolic, why was Brett killed like that? I don't know. So Betty's like, oh my God, sorry, my condolences. And instead of saying, okay, goodbye, goodbye, she just hangs up. Uh, yep. And she says to Jughead that she hopes that Donna is somewhere safe. Do you? Does that mean really? we're going to see Donna, Donna again? I hope so. All right. So they're going to leave the house and then they find another tape. Um, the auteur is inside now. We see Betty and Jughead and then JB is like touched with a knife. There's no way you don't wake up from that. There's no way you don't wake yeah. up. Also, uh, I just want to say... Jellybean, why would you rob me of a shot of Alice and FP sleeping? I think that they had it, but Jughead just turned it off too early. I but we but either way we were robbed. So true. Jellybean really isn't doing the most here with the acting, and that that's not a that's not a slight on Trinity, but like it's a slight on Jellybean who like yeah, is there like, and she's like, oh my god, that's wow, me. That's if that was so me, I'd be like, um, I must have been drugged to not wake up. Exactly. Like, if I, also, if I was Jellybean, I'd be like, oh my god, no spoilers, but, like, I'm not dead. So, like, what <laughs> no happened spoilers. here? So they're gonna go check into the five seasons, because they are not staying there, which is totally fair. Go, like, change the locks and see what happens. <laughs> so they're at the five seasons, and I guess that they got two rooms, it looks like. So one for Snake Parents, maybe they have, like, a king or something, and then it looks like they're in the same room with Jellybean. So, like, Bughead gets a queen and Jellybean gets a queen. Yeah. She looks like she's sleeping, but I bet she's listening. Oh, for sure. They talk about how the auteur has probably been in multiple times, or maybe they already live there. <laughs> I always knew that they kept using he, him as a distraction. I could, oh, I could tell. I could always tell. Yep. They're like, oh, the auteur is probably listening too. So they think it's Charles. I have to say, y'all, they literally did all the sleuthing in that one scene. Uh, it's lame and it's super lazy. Yep. And Charles is like, oh, I'm killing sinners too. You're not related to Hal. It doesn't make any sense. Stop. Like, <laughs> Get Charles, some help. all of Charles's real crimes, other than the apparent murders he's done in the past, were all this episode, and all of the sleuthing that they did on this part the entire time is all this episode. It's, I hate it. Thanks. Um, so they have the confrontation with Charles. Um, they found the bug on the phone. Which phone? Uh, the one in Betty's room? I, I don't know. Um, he's like, oh, maybe I wanted to be caught. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't think he did. Mm -hmm. He said that he only did it to protect Betty. And this would have been completely fine if he hadn't killed people. It's so easy for him not to have done any murders, like I said before. And, like, if, if he had been like, oh, I was doing it to try and protect, like, I was manipulating Trick to try, Chick to try and protect you, I'm in. Uh, yep, you still have my heart. Thank you. Yes. You're, you're forgiven. I love you. I think the storyline was probably retooled during the pandemic mm -hmm. because they decided to change the direction of how things were going. Mm -hmm. That sucks for Wyatt. That sucks for Wyatt. I wanted him to stick around. But doesn't it feel like some like this was all wrapped up really quickly and it made no 
freaking sense. Absolutely. Yeah. That sucks for Wyatt and it sucks for Trinity. I mean, it makes sense if you remember all the way back in episode two that they did that, but I'm like, you guys suck at this. That's why I'm like, he could have just been manipulating Chick. I had I had the answers from yeah. the get-go. But that, that's also the thing is that this is the only information that we needed. The only information that we needed was the fact that we saw that, that scene with Chick and Charles. They told us who was the bad guy at the beginning. That's the only information we needed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it's so dumb. Like, what did he even really do wrong until this episode other than be in a relationship with Chick? Nothing. Yeah. So he says that he killed them because they got away with a crime against his family. And Betty's like, Brett didn't get away. And Charles is basically like, yeah, but he did suck. And like, yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, but, see, yeah. But like, it's not up to you to enforce the death penalty. Yeah. Like, that's not your job. Also, You're not like, a vigilante. Also, when people are executed from the death penalty... They do it in, like, a really quick way. Well, the death penalty is also, like, really messed up. Yeah, oh, we definitely shouldn't be doing the death penalty. I'm just saying that even when they're enforcing capital punishment, they try and do it in, like, a quickish way, you know? And Brett was gouging your eyes out. Yeah, like, um, so they're like, oh, this must not be the only people he killed. And, like, who other than David? I don't know. Uh, We talked a lot about this already, but Betty, like, shows up and she, like, has a gun. Where was she keeping it in her skin-tight outfit? I got no idea. Um... (laughs) They're like, oh my god, Charles, you're so going to prison. And I'm like, with Chick, he's probably, that's fine. Like, he probably thinks that's, that's what he wanted. Um, but he didn't do the tapes, and Charles seems to have known who it was the entire time. And they're like, okay, you're gonna confess, and you're gonna go to prison. He doesn't say that he won't confess, so I guess he just, like, does? Or does he, like, steal away into the night like everyone else does? Like, I guess I we'll get the answer. Really cares. I guess we'll get the answer next episode, but, like, Charles just seemed really, like, he, yeah, like you said, like, he didn't care about any of this. And, like, I feel the same way, I guess. (laughs) Betty comes into their room because they're all, like, coming back because they're, like, well, I'm confused about that, actually, because Betty, like, walks into the room and she's, like, I called my parents. They're coming back. Everything's fine or whatever. Y'all figured out. Y'all haven't figured out who the auteur is. You didn't figure out the biggest mystery of the episode. You guys haven't. You forgot to figure out the plot of the episode. It's not safe for everybody to come back because you don't know who it was who got into your house. (laughs) What are you talking about? It's Um, safe to come back. We figured out that our brother's a serial killer. Okay, that seems less safe. Okay, but who who was in our house? Who's in the FBI? That seems less safe. Like, Alice is like, I worked with Charles for months at the farm. You know? Like, I uh, I can't imagine how stupid she must feel again. And that sucks. I guarantee that'll be addressed, like, maybe once and then never again. Yeah. If at all. Yeah. My other note was just that I love Jughead in his, like, frilly little girly room. He he doesn't mind and, like, straight up just doesn't change anything. And I respect that. He's like, yeah, this is Betty's room. And, like, yeah, I sleep here literally every night because this is where I, the only place where I live. He has literally never cared about his accommodations. Yeah, which I just, I appreciate that. I respect that. that. Um, I couldn't relate, but I respect (laughs) it. So it turns out that both Chick and Charles were evil, and he bugged the house so that he would have the info to be the auteur, but he's not. So who else had enough info, uh, like, from the house? Jelly Bean! So they go to Jelly Bean's room, and she's, like, unpacking from the hotel, I think is what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, did you make the tapes? And she's like, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> he literally could have done that. <laughs> like, if I knew it was that easy, I would have just gone around asking people. However, Betty was like, Miss Bell, did you do it? And Miss Bell was like, oh. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> Guys, we, we talked about this earlier, but it is so funny that they were like, well, it wasn't this sibling, so it must be one of our other siblings. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> so that's why she was at the rave. I don't think Lauren's brother even exists. 
No. No, Lauren does not have a brother. He was really unrealistic. I said it last episode, but like who brings their kid sister and her friends to a rave? No, it was, uh, I don't think Lauren's brother exists, if Lauren even exists. Sus. Thanks. So um, Jughead takes FP to the speakeasy and says, we might as well do this over drinks. You're 18 and he's a former alcoholic. He's a recovering alcoholic. Stop it. I hate this show. <laughs> when you look, like Jughead's glass is already like half empty, but FP's is full. So like, I appreciate the fact that it doesn't look like he's, like, maybe, maybe Skeet is the only one that remembers and he just willfully chose yeah. not to drink. Yeah. So he tells FP that JB made the videos because she wanted to give Jughead a mystery so that he would stop leaving. Um, but for some reason, she just ended up doing it to everyone else in the town, too. Yeah, I, like, what the hell? We're making it, like, all about Jughead, but then why did she torment everyone else? I yeah, guess, like, so, like, just for fun. Archie lost a TV. <laughs> okay? <laughs> like, uh, it's just bad. I guess to, like, keep her... Like, to keep, the, to keep, to keep him off from figuring out that it's her. Yeah. But right. but still. He I said that, that logic makes sense. Yeah, he said that she said that she got the idea from Ricky, who was Joaquin's brother from season three. And apparently they're hanging out again, but we've literally, we haven't seen him since season three. So, like, at least bring him back for, like, one moment or else. Like, all of, all of the explanations in this episode seem so thrown together. Uh, so, Ricky knew about the Blue Velvet, and one of the things that Dave brought up in his DM was like, we still don't have an explanation as to how Blue Velvet got the Jason tape because yeah. the only places they were was with Betty and with Cheryl. And so Dave said that he thinks that Jellybean f- found it and traded it for like video equipment or something. And like, like tr- or like training it in, in the... Yeah, but like it came from Jellybean and that's how they got it. Yeah, that um, would make sense. I get mm-hmm. that. But again, you shouldn't have to do that Exactly. Work. So Jellybean and Ricky watched the creepy snuff films together. David from Blue Velvet, um, you're renting snuff films to children? Yeah, like why are they even allowed in Blue Velvet video? Surely there's a family video in Riverdale. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is just another way of them just unstuck in time, truly. <laughs> Where's Blockbuster? <laughs> Jughead says that Jellybean said that she also like roped in some kids from the community center. Macklemore? Malcolm Moore? Was that you? Protect him. And so then they show like the original video of like Jughead getting hit in the head with the rock by Betty. And I'm like, I guess that's how they got Jughead's actual clothes because... I mean, they do live with Jughead. Yeah, like (laughs) they've got the S shirt. They've got the jacket. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess that kind of makes sense. She made... they They all made the masks and the props and the sets... And that's really great and creative, but, like, how did they make it look like they were actually dying? But also, like, if you want to pursue video making, not like this. Yeah, and go into theater production and then film production. Yeah, you That's what my friends did. He, she knew about the Killing Mr. Honey thing because she read the story on his laptop. I don't really know where the killing of David from last episode came from, other than maybe it was, like, his actual idea because it was actually him. Oh, fair enough. Um, maybe it was like, he thought if he did that, then maybe he could get away. And maybe it was like a fake my death and run for it type of thing. I don't know. Mm. But he knew the entire time who the auteur was. David from Blue Velvet Video knew the entire time. Jughead says that they've been hanging out in the murder cabin. And I bet that when David got brought in after last, or in last episode, he like probably went to Jellybean after and was like, hey, dumbass, don't just leave my Blue Velvet ticket stubs everywhere. (laughs) <laughs> uh, what's wrong with you? Why would yeah, you but do he, that? get it together? In Jellybean's mind, she wasn't really creating, a, committing a crime. So why would it occur to her to? 
Ugh. I think you're. I think that we are giving Jellybean way too much credit. I think yeah that she has no empathy and what happened there. Ugh. Yeah, that's entirely possible. Well, what happened was she was raised by Gladys. Yeah. Oh, well, oh that's true, right? Because Gladys was like, "Haha, we're manipulating FP," and Jellybean was like, "Woohoo, that's my girl." Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. So, how does Jughead know about the Black Hood and Archie one? We talked about that earlier. I don't know. And he talks about how she doesn't really understand what she did which we also talked about. Mm-hmm. Lastly, um, FP like walks in the door and it's clear that Betty was sitting on the couch talking to Jellybean and being like, you have to apologize to your father because you've done a lot of things. But you have to apologize to a lot of people, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but you might as well say First that, of all, like, Archie. A citywide email. Mm-hmm. Which, and so he walks in and she just goes, sorry, which is really <laughs> a- accurate and realistic to like a How a kid, teenager apologizes. Like a kid of her age. Um, but I thought it was really funny because I was like, well, I mean, this is still a TV show and I was looking for a little bit more, but mm-hmm. oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. I, that's it. That's it. That's all she wrote. That's it. Quite literally. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Uh, okay. So now it's time for segments. Uh, my first segment is a sexual joke head question mark, question mark, question mark. And the answer is yes, always yes. I don't care. Good. Good. And my segment is which milk was the most badass? Um. Mary. 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 Oh, Mary. Oh, Molly Ringwald. Mary, did you know? (laughs) And my segment is, did the snake parents acknowledge their obvious chemistry slash history? Yes. They had their arms wrapped around each other. They shared a hotel room. They acknowledged it. Yeah. For probably one of the last times. Off screen, mostly. Yeah. But... (sighs) Um, And now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Cheryl and Nana Rose for... Nana? Pray tell, who are you mourning? The entire Blossom family has sailed into the underworld, Cheryl. <laughs> I appreciate the self-awareness to know that they were not going to heaven. I... Into the underworld. When Blossoms will not see heaven. When, uh, when Penelope was like, ugh, I hate all those people. Okay, Cheryl, find yourself an alibi. I was like, haha, Penelope's gonna kill just, like, everyone. And then Anna Rose was <laughs> she like... Did. She killed everyone. I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she did that. Oh, okay. Like, off, I don't I don't like being able to just guess what happens. Uh but it happens, so the thing about this show is you can spend like so long being like, well, did Brett deserve this type of death? Mm-hmm. You know, what about Charles? And then you get to this and you're like, oh right, this show is at its core deeply stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Forgot. My best line where it goes to Hermione for I am moving back to the city and I am becoming a real housewife. And yes. For real. I mean, speaking of deeply stupid things. Yeah. <gasps> real Housewives of New York? What show are we on? She's not going to be a wife anymore. Yo, Tiffany Pollard is going to end up beating the crap out of her. <laughs> and my favorite line award goes to my fellow Scorpion. Oh. oh. <laughs> my fellow Scorpio, Hiram. Girls, all I need to do business are my fists and a gun. Shut up, you nerd. What? Okay, I know that I said Marisol gets like the... The cake for like the most acting, but God does Mark ever no say stuff? It's, it's Mark Consuelos who does the most work on this show because he does all of it with a straight face. It's so funny because I can't stand Hiram, but I love looking at Mark. <laughs> he's just, he seems like such a nice dude. And yeah. he's so funny. I'm like, oh boy, that was something. Like when I was doing entertainment journalism, I would have to write articles about Kelly Ripa from time to time, and of course she's married to Mark Consuelos. And I would have to go to their Instagrams or write stories about them as parents. And he is so funny. Like, 
He genuinely is the dorkiest dad. I love that. All right, so now it's time for our trailer reaction. Yahoo! Let's go graduation! All right, so um, next week's episode is called Graduation. The um, explanation for it is, with graduation day around the corner, the gang consider their next steps beyond Riverdale High. Archie learns whether he will be able to graduate with his classmates. FP makes a difficult decision about his and Jellybean's future. <sighs> yeah. I'll bet. Okay. Um, cool. So here we go in three, two, one, play. Fellow seniors, enjoy your last day of high school. I like that Betty is probably giving the valedictorian speech. Yeah. Who is, who is Veronica in bed with? I don't. Oh, yeah. I, guess, I would love for it to be Reggie. I was just going to say, what if it's yes, Reggie? Yes, I hope it's Reggie. I would love for it to be Reggie. I mean, we know that Veronica is, like, married to some guy named frickin' heckin' Chad uh, after the, um, the time jump, but yeah. So, um, let's go into it. Uh, we have Betty... I think doing probably the valedictorian mm-hmm. speech. Yeah. To um, an empty auditorium. Although, COVID. although when you're the valedictorian, don't you usually have like a whole nother like drape or like a sash? Yeah, on? you have something uh, special. Well, I mean, it depends on the school. Okay. Um, Weatherby they're and Miss Bell are also up here on the stage because they're what? The only teachers? <laughs> <laughs> they're the only COVID friendly well, teachers. Well, no, they're the, the, pr- the principal would be up there. Sure. Okay. And then also Miss Bell. Mrs. For, Bell is for just like, reason. sure. She's a staple. We also get a shot of Veronica and Betty graduating with like some balloon art in the background, which probably cost $300. <laughs> That's a deep cut TikTok joke. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Cheryl has her spider brooch back, which I love. Nice. And um, she and Tony are being like, hey, Yahoo, last day. I, it's funny that in that sh- single shot, Cheryl's wearing white and Tony is wearing black. And I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. Brittany said, I hope they eloped when we were watching the episode. And I'm like, yeah, I hope they eloped. Then I was like, wait, they're teenagers. Yeah, but they're like 18. So like, I'm fine with it. So the last school bell, I think, rings and they pull a what time is it? And just (laughs) all start yelling. So Tony and Cheryl, Betty and Veronica, Archie and Jughead, Fangs and Kevin, and then also Sweet Pea. Woo! Your boy is back. Thank you. And some other guy. I don't know. Oh, that's Reggie. <laughs> some other guy. I was like, Reggie. I can't see. I was like, I can't see who that is. And everybody like shoots up except for Sweet Pea, but he's still excited. And then Archie, who I think is like, well, my life is still good for y'all, rough, but whatever. He's like, good for y'all. Kevin and Fangs. Swangs. Kiss. No. No. <laughs> Archie was like, I don't want to walk with you guys at graduation. But uh, he sure is here. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, I like his Well, I like tie. that they straight up gave away that the, the fact that he gets to graduate. Yeah. <laughs> they always do that stuff. And he's got a cute little bow tie, which I appreciate. Um, and then we also have him sitting in an office. Oh, Veronica's saying you're not getting any crazy ideas. And it's like Archie like waking up. And then, yeah, she's in bed with somebody, but I don't know with- We can't tell who. Who. I would, I would really hate for it to be like her just sleeping with Archie again. Right. Like, and like what? Make it different. Make it different. And like, and like, what would make that okay for Archie? Yeah. That might have been like their graduation night goodbye, though. Yeah, mm. I guess. One last hurrah. <laughs> all the exact same people are here getting their graduation photo together, and they're all throwing up their uh, hats. Very cute. Jughead turning. Is someone saying anything here? What's my? Oh, Betty says, "What's gonna happen to us?" And I think she's just having like an emotional conversation uh, to Jughead potentially about potentially about him leaving or po- like poten- potentially about them going to separate schools and potentially about him Archie. learning that 
she kissed Archie. Yep. People with flashlights. Uh, Betty consoling Alice for crying. I don't even want to see that. Uh, I'm already sad. I really hope this is about Charles and not about FP. I know that Alice, like, cries after getting, like, the letter from FP. If that could be the letter, like, if that could be, like, the letter that he wrote in season two going to the Carrie musical and we never saw the contents of, I would be thrilled. I, like, remember I, that letter? I half want that. I remember that letter, half, but it's like, gotta be a- no way the show remembers that. Well, yeah. it's gotta be a new one because he's leaving. Sure. I just wonder if, like, he's leaving and he's like, just so you know, like, I've always, like, loved you or whatever, and then <laughs> gives, him, gives her the letter. Because people on Twitter talk about that letter a lot. Yeah. So- We really do. I really feel like it wouldn't be out of the ordinary for, like, one of the writers to have seen that and, like, brought back the letter. Sure. To be nice to us. I'm not getting my hopes up, though. Right. Because uh, this is Riverdale. Jughead has all of the hats and the masks that they made, uh, or that the yeah, Jellybean and her friends made, and just kind of like looks at them. As you do. He says, are we doomed to be haunted by this town for the rest of, their, of our lives? He and Betty are still like cuddling, so either this is at the beginning of the episode, or they're like totally fine at the end of it, I don't know, but. But yeah. <laughs> I uh, will not be held responsible for my tears yeah. uh, over FP and Alice. Mm. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Uh, please, if you're so inclined, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate that. Or wherever you listen. Um, Yeah. <laughs> if you're a fan of The 100, we talk about that show too. <laughs> Robin and I just finished season seven recently and we are currently going back and doing seasons three through one in that order mm-hmm. to cover the show that we actually liked. Yeah. So uh, it's fun and we have a good time even though the show was bad <laughs> if you're a fan of lost we like to talk about that show too we did all of season one all of season two and we are in the middle of season three we have guests over there and it's spoiler free so if you want to watch with us for the first time i hope you do because um it is truly the pinnacle of good television thank you <laughs> if you're a fan of stranger things we like to talk about that show too we are currently covering season three which is my favorite season uh, and hopefully season four will, uh, materialize <laughs> at the at end of this point. year, at the end of this year when we, uh, when we finish up season three. So come check it out. If you're a fan of Star Trek, we like to talk about that entire franchise. Um, we covered season one of Star Trek Picard and we're hoping to do more soon. You can follow the Fictionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebel, YouTube, but mostly Twitter. I do post gifts of our hairline awards on Tumblr though, so if you want to see those, uh, you should. Mm-hmm. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because woof, it is expensive. Um, we talked about it earlier on the podcast, but yeah, if you join us for um, a dollar or more a month, you get early access to all of the podcasts. Uh, $5 or more gets you 10% off at shoppylux.com where me and Brittany sell our wares. Uh, but <laughs> if you uh, can't do that, also totally fine recommend us to a friend we just we have five podcasts choose a friend and pick a podcast that you think they would like do that right now actually i know that this podcast is almost over go ahead and pause it and uh go and find a friend and uh choose one of our podcasts to recommend (laughs) if you want we have five podcasts and i bet you have five friends so true queen (laughs) be counting my friends i do You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Pretty much everywhere. You can follow me on Twitter at at Sam Casey's, which is S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. Uh, so next week's episode is episode 503. It was originally called Riverdale's Reverie. Um, a reverie is a state of being pleasantly lost in one's thoughts or a daydream. Um, mm-hmm. But it is now called Graduation. 
There is a 2016 film called Graduation, but it's a Romanian film, so it's likely not the reference. There is uh, another one uh, from 2007, and the plot is um, four best friends plot to rob a bank during their high school graduation ceremony in order to help out one of the teen's sick relatives. To, I dropped out to run drugs to support my nana. Exactly. Uh, I, I truly hope that um, in the midst of all this, there's a Reggie and Fangs and Cheryl and Tony. And Sweet Pea. And Sweet Pea and Kevin uh, run a bank heist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and for the first time ever, we are going to have like a guest. We will. Like, I mean, we, you know, we've had Casey on and we've had Lindsay on. Um, that's because they were in the same room as us. Yeah. Oh, this true. Is, yeah, this is the first time we're like, doing extra work to have a guest on. This is the first time we're phoning a friend. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so we're going to be having Macy on, who um, runs at No Context Riverdale. And uh, that'll be really exciting because we all get to talk about our hopes and dreams for the time jump. And uh, she also ships Snake Parents. Yeah, I was going to say, that'll be fun. (laughs) Macy's a big Alice fan as well, so she understands us. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) looking forward to it. We will see you guys next week. Yikes, whatever will this bring us next? <laughs> Who's to say? Here we go. <laughs> okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye.